want is an opportunity. This is America, ain't it? Who the fuck's stopping you? This is Bootlegging, where each week we will discuss HBO's original series, Boardwalk Empire. Grab a glass of your favorite libation, and let's do a little chin-wagging. Recording. Episode 11, Paris Green. Here we go. <laughs> I'm live. Sorry. You, you right. son of a bitch. Alright. <laughs> 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 uh, and this is bootlegging. God. <laughs> hey, Boardwalk Empire Podcast. This is your host, Colton. And this is Chris. And we have a very special guest. We uh, we told you we were going to have a very special guest. Very, well, this time it's really happening, though, because last this time, time we really actually happening. got him. So because we're actually we, we watched the real episode this time live in person. So. Agent Michael Shannon here. Agent Michael <laughs> Michael Shannon is here. So we're good to go. Agent Michael Shannon, how you doing? I am all good. Really excited to talk episode 11 here. <laughs> your, your voice sounds real different. That's weird. It must be the. It must be because we're you know talking online. Like, I don't know. Like while you're saying that, I just want to do the Agent Michael Sandin slap like he does in the beginning of this episode <laughs> where he just comes over and bop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone just do the jerk reaction to it too. <laughs> Oh, uh, we do have uh, Victor from the uh, Digging Dexter podcast on. So, Victor, introduce yourself. Yes, I am Agent uh, Victor Rubio, and I am here. Uh, Boardwalk is one of my favorite shows. I was so happy to hear when you started it. And uh, it's funny to see, like, I remember when you started talking about starting the podcast, and now look at you, you are closing out season one. Really cool, and I'm super excited to talk to about, the, about this season one finale. Right, no, that's I'm. It's been a long journey for this yeah, first season. Yeah, a whole so. lot of uh, trial and error, <laughs> a whole lot of working around just some of the worst conditions <laughs> for <laughs> for doing this kind of thing. So it's it's been a it's been a fun ride so far, and uh, looking forward to uh, you know another nine seasons. Right, <laughs> four, four. <laughs> Hopefully, we have ACs uh, by uh, season three. So yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, so did anybody want to add anything, or we just want to get right into this? Yeah, let's jump into it. I, I if if I could if I could raise my hand, um, okay. I just want to point out, Colton, you are the minority here. This is a Guatemalan heavy podcast. Thank you, um, thank you. I, I wasn't gonna say anything, but <laughs> that's why I was. That's why I'm here. That's the only reason why I was brought on. Um, I am Guatemalan. Chris is Guatemalan, so yes. suck on that, Colton. I'm, I swear, if I'm y'all Irish. start talking Spanish, and then I'm not gonna, I'll be over here. What is it, third grade? Just como te amos, me amos, Colton. Nadie te dijo que vamos a hablar español todo el episodio. Poquito, poquito. And we've tapped my knowledge of the Spanish language. Oh, and baños. I know baños. I made sure I learned that one. All right, we're good. Nice. <laughs> Now we're good. Now, now, now I'm we're good. To good. Go. <laughs> now we can get in. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, name of the episode is season finale, episode twelve of season one. It's a return to normalcy. Uh, 
title's very uh, it, it explains itself in the episode. It's the title from the speech that Warren Harding gave uh, during his um, acceptance of the presidency. Uh, I'm going to go into a little more detail about that later because um, I did find it kind of fascinating uh, that they went with that name and then with um, just today's time period. I, I just think there's some cool connections. So, But uh, that's the name of the episode. Uh, Tim Van Patten was the director of it and Terrence Winter, who's also the creator, the producer, right. was the writer of it. So another really fun, like, not really necessarily fun, but just a nice little thing is that we have some of the main writers and uh, producers, coming back directors for this one. coming back. Exactly. Yeah. So it gives it a very nice uh, flow throughout the episode, which I kind of noticed in this. There's also, and I don't know if either one of y'all noticed this in it. I could have sworn when I, the first time I watched it, I didn't pay attention to who directed and wrote it. I could have sworn Scorsese was a major part of this. Because there's a lot of Scorsese elements. Yeah, in. yeah. But he he was a, what, executive producer? Right. He is the executive producer of the show. But it was just like I, I saw a lot of his filming elements, especially whenever we see, like, Jimmy walking along, like, the ocean and stuff. Right, you know, right. I don't, I don't know if you saw that, Victor, or not. I just I saw a lot of Scorsese in it. And so I don't know if they're, like, you know, copy him or pay homage. I, I don't know. You know the the only reason why I probably will agree with you, although I didn't notice it, is just because that uh, the, the the pilot episode was directed by Martin Scorsese, right? So it's kind of like I feel like he has his hands on this entire season. Yes. Uh, I th- the same way, like you kind of don't notice, but you were like, you know, it, it pointed out to you. Uh, the show slowly loses that touch, but then it kind of comes back here, like you know, the final episode. So maybe he had yes. a hand in it. I'm not sure, but I, I could definitely see what you're talking about. I was just I got little random elements. And yeah. I was just like, Oh, yeah. that's cool. Like they definitely yeah. the first episode and this episode are very they have a lot of um like obviously the storyline isn't the same because it's twelve episodes have passed. Right. But sure. There's a lot of filming that is very similar. Yeah. And I really I really like it. It's very heavy in using uh I guess like live footage versus uh uh, scenes, you know, like sets. Like I mean, there's, sure. uh, there is sets, but I feel there was a lot more live footage, like out oh, in like the real on location. Yeah. Well, location. That's it. That's the terminology. Location. Yeah. So, uh, just something I noticed. Just a little off topic that I wanted to mention. Yeah. In it. So, we're gonna get right into it, and we're gonna talk about. Well, Victor already ruined it. We're talking about slapping people. <laughs> Michael Shannon <laughs> assaults somebody. Okay. No. Uh, we go in. Agent Michael Shannon is talking with some new recruits who are there to take his um, place. Uh, we find that he's uh, giving up at least that area. And at this point, all we know is he's no longer going to be working in Atlantic City. Right. And uh, honestly, at first, um, I thought that he was uh, hiring a new replacement for his uh, right-hand man who he... Just brutally murdered. Whoa, and, whoa, whoa. He died of a he died of a heart attack. Yeah, oh yeah, my bad. He did. He did. He died of heart attack. <laughs> so I thought that they were uh, hiring his replacement, but it turns out that he is trying to find a replacement for himself. Yes, because yeah, he he's just done with Atlantic City. Now I did think it was funny. The story he's telling is he's essentially telling these recruits. I violated every rule by being here and I yeah. didn't even and and he's the least corruptible person when it comes to law enforcement, right? right. 
And yet he's basically telling them, without telling them, I drank, I was sleeping with yeah. people, like, I got, I got suckered in. And then, like, these guys are going to stand a chance, right? <laughs> Especially the guy who slaps the shit yeah. <laughs> Sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> this is like, what's that big thing where the pastor is telling everyone, you know, gay is wrong, this and that, and then you find out, like, the pastor is gay? Yeah, like, right. Sort of yeah. Like, <laughs> like, this is exactly almost what's going yeah. on. Is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's a, this 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 bastion of morality has been broken down by Atlantic City, and um, yeah, now he's like I said, trying to find a replacement. Um, but honestly, I I feel like it was more that he was trying to find a way out of the situation. Yeah, he has. I mean, he murdered his partner, so right. he is trying to get away from the situation as much as possible, trying to just find somebody else to take over so he can leave. So he can jet. <laughs> yeah, that's how I put it. I, that's how I interpreted it is he realizes sure. he can't be there anymore. He's obviously I feel like I do feel that he feels guilty for what he did because let's be real. He doesn't a hundred percent know that his partner betrayed him. Right. He does not know that a hundred percent, and so in his mind there is still that ten percent or what whatever it is. Maybe I killed it. Right. Person, yeah. Right? Yeah. A bit of doubt that yeah he murdered somebody for no reason. I mean, that's <laughs> he had no reason to murder the guy to begin with, <laughs> but he no, thought he was morally right. But now he he still has some doubt in yeah. that in that decision. So from there we go, and we're seeing uh, Nucky's meeting with the other uh, political heavyweights for Atlantic City, and we're seeing that um, it's election season. Election season is upon us, and this is the biggest um, this is the biggest election season for Nucky. I feel like right, and they make a very big point of pointing that out that if he loses, it's not that he loses. Like, oh, okay, I lost, you know, I'll come back next year. It's, uh, hey, I lost, and I may potentially go to prison. And right. so there's a lot that's weighing on him. And the other one, the other political events are kind of joking. They're kind of making some comments and stuff like that, and he's really not having it. And so you're seeing kind of the, like, the scared child within Nucky. It's kind yeah. of how I, I, I put it down. Uh I just I I don't know I I didn't get like this is kind of opening up for the beginning for the rest of the episode but I feel like this isn't that big of a scene yet I, I don't know because it changes well, I, more as it goes along and I I guess like you know like you said like the the name of the episode and it's kind of we can't kind of talk about the title until the end where we kind of like wrap up but I mean you've kind of never seen Nucky like this throughout the first twelve episodes right you know he's usually no. he's usually one of these guys sitting there joking laughing. And he comes in and he's like, he's not having it. So already from like the start, you have Agent Michael Shannon just completely flustered. Like, you know, he needs someone. And again, you have Nucky. He's flustered. He's nervous about going to jail. It's just like everything's sort of haywire, you know. Right. And yeah. I, I guess I guess it's hard to talk about it until we get to the end of the episode and the episode title, you know. Right. Yes. Exactly. But yeah, you're right. He is, he is very much out of his element and um, really... He, he's backed into a corner and he's yes. doing whatever he has to do to get these guys in shape to make sure everyone understands that like this is the end right here like we have to win this, so this is also this is also i guess kind of pointing out this is a reason that nucky is the machine that he is 
Right. You know, it's right. Not, in times these of guys trouble, are in he it starts, for the ride. Yeah. And this isn't a ride for Nucky. Right. This is a no. Like this is my life. Yeah. You know, it, and I think you see that. I think you see that big time towards the end of the episode. Like we really see how political or how machine like oh, Nucky yeah. is. You know, yes. like we really see it by the end. Yeah, of Yeah, he's been by, pulling the strings for a while now. Sure, he's been making sure. things happen. Yeah. Well, and I, and I did a little bit of research, and I'm going to talk about this later. About so, there's a whole thing called the the Nucky Johnson machine. Remember, Johnson oh, really? was huh. the real wow. Nucky. Yeah, yeah. There was a whole thing called the Nucky Johnson machine, and I, but I'm going to get into that here in a little while. Huh. Yeah, it, it, it'll, it's it's very interesting actually to kind of that's crazy. Like the more I looked into it, I was like, oh shit! Like, <laughs> like I this isn't just HBO. Like a lot of this is kind of real. Like, damn. damn. So if I could ask, if I could ask, and maybe you'll answer it later. Something that sort of stuck with me, and I don't know if this is something where I've seen this show so many times that this is the start, of, the stuff I start to realize. But correct me if I'm wrong. Nucky's the treasurer, correct? Correct. Right. Uh, he's running this room like he's the mayor, the governor, the president. Oh yeah. Is that is that answered? Like why he's above? I, I just always assumed well, the treasurer was. He's okay. So he here's the way. Okay, I. The more I researched it, uh, everybody's different. Every city is different. Sure. Okay. So Houston, right? Houston, we have a mayor, right? The mayor's the out front person, the one that's in the spotlight and stuff like that. The mayor's not the most powerful person in Houston. Okay. The most powerful person in Houston is the uh, uh, city, what is it? The city planner, right? Wow. Okay. I, I see yeah, what you're getting at. Yeah, okay. Pretty much. He's the mayor is the forefront, the face and all of that. But the person that actually makes the decisions, we actually run off of a different political thing here. And our, if I remember right, it's our city planner is the person that's in charge. Now, I say that to also say Harris County Sheriff, who is an elected position, is actually the most powerful person when it comes to politics. He's actually the most powerful person within the entire state. He has more employees and he has more jurisdiction and more power to cause a cease to all political, um, uh, what is it, political activity right. over everybody in the entire Harris County, which is right. what Houston is. So it, I think it kind of depends on your city and stuff like that. I don't think politically, like, controlling the city, like, fine. I'm trying to think of the terminology here. I don't think that Nucky is as powerful, quote unquote, as the mayor, but he himself is more politically powerful. He's made the connections, and right. that's what matters. Well, and I feel like that, um, I mean, you're right. Uh, as far as in the behind the scenes, He's in he is money. in charge of everything. Exactly. He's in charge of the money, and that goes to every office in Atlantic city. So even the mayor, he is on the surface. The mayor is in charge of things. The mayor's running things, but you know, we see, we saw in the last episode, Nucky's the one actually controlling things. Yes. And that's because he is in control of the money. And as we all know, money is king in politics. I mean, it's, just, it's that's just how yep, it is. Yep, yep, so, <laughs> you know, the guy controlling the money in politics is the one that's actually in control of what's happening. Yes. Um, and I think that's what's going on here is that Nucky's just 
he's the one controlling the flows, and so he's the one that has the most power behind the scenes. Absolutely. Definitely. <clears throat> and we'll get into it a little bit more. I'll go into a little more detail later because I didn't want—I don't want to say too much quite yet until uh, another scene comes up. Uh, <clears throat> so from there we go and we see Margaret's with. <laughs> I have it in here. Uh, uh, Margaret's with Warren's mistress, quote unquote. Warren's uh. Uh, BM. "Quote unquote, more in side piece." "Quote unquote, <laughs> the lay down girl." So I literally put that in my notes because <laughs> I, I don't even know her name. In all honesty, I don't know her name in this. And we've made a joke; like she, it's kind of a running joke in the podcast that we don't recognize certain people's names. But to be fair, I don't really want to know her name. She's I actually just, don't. She because just I have. I, I go ahead go for ahead, go for ahead. lack of better word. She's dense. Like you are mm-hmm. not. You are not important. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry to say it, but here's the thing. I if mean, you went to her, I can guarantee you. If you went to her and you were like, "Oh, you're Warren Harding's baby mama," she'd be like, "Oh my goodness, yes, I am." Yeah, like she would take that as a compliment. Like, she really would. She'd be like, yeah, I'm the one. Like, okay. That's why I don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, she has it in her mind that she's the next. I mean, she says it here. Like, I'm the next Warren Harding, uh, Mrs. Warren Harding. And it's just like. Uh, Spoiler alert from history. It doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's why it's like, lady, you, you just got to get over it. You're, And I feel like um, Margaret, because she's here talking to Margaret about this whole yes. ordeal. And I feel like Margaret is finally at at her end to this story and is ready to kind of like tell her you are inconsequential. Like you, you can see it in Margaret's face that you, you need to stop this. You need to yeah. stop the charade that you're putting yourself through. Yeah. <laughs> They're preparing a, a thing called, and I wrote it down. Because this is actually what we're going to be talking about on the uh, the break. We're going to be learning about um, this Irish tradition. I, I'm Irish. I'm not like you know, like I said. My family came over like uh, year several uh, several generations back. Right. Okay? So um, I've never done this tradition. Uh, uh, it's called barn uh, barnbrack, which okay. is the cake that she's yeah, making. Yeah. Right. Okay, I've never personally done that, and that's going to be what we're going to be talking about on the break. We're going to be learning a little bit about that history. But I did think it was kind of cool that they were doing this because here in Houston we have this same kind of tradition. I don't right. know if they have it in Florida or not, uh, but we have what they call king, king cake, cake here. That's Yeah, that's the first thing that popped into my head. I was like, oh, this is king cake. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do they have anything like that where you're at, Victor? Is that similar to... New Orleans? Do they do the same yes. thing in New yeah. Orleans? Yeah, it's, it's, okay, it's okay. a Creole Cajun thing. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, no, we just we're too crazy here in Florida. We just <laughs> throw an alligator head through a Wendy's drive-through or something. <laughs> yeah, we don't. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know if it had made it over there or not. Because I mean, me personally, I love King Cake. Oh, yeah. It is so, so good. good. Like, I don't care I about the baby just... in it. It's so tasty. <laughs> I don't care about the baby. <laughs> it's a plastic baby. The baby, baby is okay. delicious. No, you have no idea. They cook a baby in if you want, If you oh, want to so hear, hear something crazy, it's not until I moved down here. I only moved down here to Florida about three years ago. And the only reason why I've heard of this, that means I've gone 31 years of my life having no idea about this. And it's only because I went to a bachelor party in New Orleans for my friend. And he was just ran- and he just randomly came across this, and this is how I learned about it. If that didn't happen, 
what you guys would be talking about right here would be blowing my mind. <laughs> really? Isn't it crazy? I could, I could like go go and like you know we're we're all the relatively the same age, and I have no, yeah. I would almost have no idea what you guys are talking about. That's so weird that even in a country like this, we can have such a separation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. I'm gonna have to mail you a king cake, bro. You're gonna love it. <laughs> blow your mind. It's, <laughs> it's really good. I it's like basically it. like a giant cinnabon because it's yeah, just covered in covered in delicious delicious goo. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it. But that's what it was. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah. Like I said, that's the first thing that popped in my head when she when she mentioned it. So uh, she's talking about you know the different items in it. Now king cake, there's only the one, the baby. Yeah, in it. yeah. Um, in apparently in Barnbreck, it's uh, there's a ring, a cloth, uh, a coin, and a pence. Yeah, a pence. Yes. So the ring is you're going to get married within the next year. The right. Cloth, or the the coin is you're going to get uh, rich. You're going to get rich, and the cloth is you're destitute. Yeah. Which you know you're going to be broke, poor. Right. So yeah, they cut it up and serve it out, and whatever you get in your piece, if you find a piece, that's yeah, that's your yeah, future. Exactly. And so um, that's really all I have down on there is that uh, she's basically preparing it, and then we also do find out that it's Halloween. Um, so if it's Halloween. Which means that this episode is basically right at uh, what? What? Ten months? Because October is the tenth month, right? So we're at right at ten months, essentially, from episode one, right? Because episode one was January. It was like twenty twentieth, seventeenth. It was somewhere like yeah, it was the later half of January. Right. Because so I know we talked about like right thinking. At 10 months. Right. We were thinking that the celebration in episode one was like a New Year's celebration because of the way they were counting down. Right, right, right. right. But it turns out it was, yeah, a it couple weeks after. Yeah. It, was, it was like, it was random. It's like they had two New Year's celebrations. Yeah, exactly. Lucky bastards. So. <laughs> um, and as someone who's coming into this as a huge Boardwalk Empire fan, meaning like, I saw this show, I'm like one of those people, you know, it's almost like with Breaking Bad, you'd be like, oh, when did you start watching? You know, right, everyone right, right, has right. different things. I watched this from the first episode. I can remember being in my apartment being like, oh, look at this. The guy from Little Nicky wants to be like a gangster all of a sudden. Like, let's watch this. And I remember being blown away. And, and we're gonna, we'll get to it in a little bit. But like this show was shot when I lived in New York. Uh, um, it was shot all in my neighborhood. Like I could oh, literally nice. walk around the block and would see awesome. them shooting. I'm saying all that to say I've watched this show over thou- thousands, plenty of times. And I always thought the show started, the pilot started on New Year's, and it wasn't until I listened to your first episode. Oh, nice. I was like, yeah, it's not, it, that's not, it's not January 1st. Right. Um, <laughs> so credit credit to you for pointing that out, because I would have went my entire life, that was, if uh, I, whatever reason, I'd be on some... <laughs> <laughs> you can't see it right now, because it's audio, this is a podcast, my hands are up, and I am taking in the glory right now, so... <laughs> You, you just swallow Col- Colton's head a couple times larger. It than is it so was. massive right now. So oh, too funny. No, yeah, too but funny. no. But I to be fair, I didn't know that until I had seen. Like I said, this is right now. We're on my third or fourth watch through. I honestly can't remember. I think it's my third. I'm not even going to church it up and say it's my fourth. I think this is my third right. watch through. And I thought it was New Year's. I. And I don't even remember how I found out it wasn't. It was just kind of like I was researching the first episode. I was doing some stuff, and I was like, "Wait, it was well, like, sure. when, why does it when say prohibition this? actually went into place?" Yeah, yeah. well, because well, okay. And to be fair, though, you also have prohibition, 
But then you have the Volstagg Act. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Prohibition is the 18th Amendment. Right. Okay. I really hope I'm getting that right and not the 14th Amendment. I think it's the 18th. It's. Oh, my God. I am going to be so mad. I, if I am be wrong on that one. It's the 18th Amendment. I am like 99% positive it's the 18th Go Amendment. Go ahead and comment and let Colton know how wrong he how is. How wrong I am. I would I love am. to hear more of that. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd comment, but I don't want to blow up your head anymore. So. Yeah. <laughs> Which means I'm right. Okay, so. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. Um, the 18th Amendment was the illegalization of, of not alcohol. Now, you got to remember Alcohol is legal, okay? Everyone does get that mixed up. Prohibition does not mean alcohol is not illegal. It's the sale and distribution of alcohol, okay? So consuming alcohol, not illegal. Getting drunk, not illegal, all right? But buying it and distributing it is illegal, okay? So that was the 18th Amendment. How it was enforced was the Volstead Act. The yeah. Volstead Act is the power that gave it to be enforced, and the Volstead Act was imposed on uh, – if it was either the 17th, the 18th, or the 19th, or the 20th, I honestly can't remember, but it was after New Year's. And I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Now, there had been prohibition technically before then. Um, like during World War II, there was a minor prohibition, but that was because they were trying to save grains to send grains over uh, oh, okay, overseas yeah. to feed the troops and stuff like that. Kind of like during World War II, like you couldn't buy like um, you know like rubber or meat right. sometimes, you right. know, and things like that. So it was a minor, it was a very minor prohibition, but this was full on government like no, there's no no more substance abuse or anything like that. So right. Um, just, just some, some kind of history, history on that. Uh, from there we go, and we're getting to see that um, the, the and I have it in my I have it in my notes as Doc and Deputy Dumbass meet with him because <laughs> uh, that's as we Love said Deputy that's our our, yeah. our little name for the deputy. He's now Sheriff I Sheriff Dumbass. I'm going to show him the respect he deserves. Okay, D- does he does so, he deserve that? Does he deserve? He deserves it. All right. So yeah, I guess he, he gamed the system as much as he needed to to get that title. So yeah, okay. So we have the, the Doc and uh, Sheriff Dumbass, and they're uh, they're meeting, and we find out basically like how uh, the Commodore has been poisoned. Right at this point, right, uh, we find out that he's an asshole. Like, I mean, that's let's be real. How else was he? The oh, reason he was poisoned. Just an now we found out he's an asshole. It was. I thought he was a very good gentleman. Okay, he was a great guy. He gave advice. He was a little racist. <laughs> he was a little bit just of a, a little, murderer. Just a little. <laughs> he may have had a thing for 13-year-old girls, but he boarded them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so, makes no, it all he's better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we find out that the, the maid has been poisoning him with um, uh, arsenic, arsenic yep. this entire time. It's been in basically everything. Now, I mean, honestly, uh, this scene confused me, even in the episode before. Um, I They didn't outright say that um, Angela, not, not Angela, um, Jillian. Jillian. Jillian, thank you. They didn't outright say Jillian wasn't poisoning him. But then this they scene, they didn't deny it. I, I mean, and that's the thing. That's why it, it confused me a lot. 
um, that the maid went ahead and they were grilling her number one um, about the poisoning. They, you know, these guys assumed it was her that did it. Yes. And then after a couple minutes of grilling, she goes ahead and admits like, Oh yeah, I did it. That, you know, he's such an asshole. I poisoned him. But even in that admission, I was still a little like, was it was it really you that did this poisoning? Like, remember from three or four episodes ago? Remember she made him that green juice, and he threw up right after drinking it. That's the only reason I think she was really doing it. Okay, is because several episodes ago, she and she was crushing something up into it, if I remember right, which could be a rat tablet, right? Okay. So I'm I'm like ninety nine percent sure she was really the one doing it. Okay, yeah, I, it just if, it just if, really threw me off a bit. I don't know. I just I didn't get. If it. I can, yeah. If I can add a twist to it, what I think happened, and I think you need some of the perspective of the next few seasons. This is one of those things where you sort of have to go back, but I think I think it's a little bit a combo of both. Meaning, I think. And again, you, you need future perspective for this, coupled with what, what Colton was probably about to introduce, that Nucky ends up letting the maid go right. with a few bucks. I think uh, Jillian was paying the maid to do it because Jillian herself, it would be too close and too obvious. Okay. There was like a buffer. And so I, I, yeah, that's why it's nothing it's when like, he pays her I off. Think. <laughs> That's why when he pay, he pays her off at the end, it's kind of like thank you, bless you, get away. I think Nucky and Jillian. This is so hard to talk about sometimes without future uh, um, seasons being being talked about. Uh, I think it was a little bit of a combo because it is I, I, like if I could add to the discussion, it is a little weird. Nucky lets her go, right? right? Um, so I think that that's part of of it too. And then again, I hate saying this, but. At the end of the episode, when we have our montage, we see Jillian again. Right. Montage. So I think that's a little bit. That's a little bit of a factor of yes. this scene. No, absolutely. And I, I kind of, I kind of got that feeling also um, when at the end of the scene where you know the maid finally starts admitting, is like, yeah, I did it, and he pays her off, just like you said. Um, at that point, when he pays her off to leave, that's when I kind of got the hint that, like, maybe Nucky had something to do with this. Like, if it was the maid, great. But why is Nucky letting her go? Like, why? If he didn't have some stake in it, if he didn't have something to do with it. He makes it out to be, now, to be fair, in the show, they're kind of making it out to be that Nucky's, like, sympathizing with her. Because he's like, I understand right, why sure. you would do this. But even... Watching this, I think, like, and I, like I said, I don't really, I remember watching it the first time, but I don't remember my uh, my views on it then. And I do not remember, like, really thinking, oh, the maid did it. I remember thinking, he let her off real easily. Yeah. There's something else going on. That's why I'm, yeah, that's why I even said it. I was like, that, it left me very confused, yeah. that scene. I mean, there was just so many things, different scenarios, and uh, I mean... It just didn't feel Did, like it was absolute closure to the situation to me. No, no, not at all. And so from there we go. We see uh, Lucky and Rossine are meeting up. Uh, they also have Meyer Lansky. Lansky. Yep. And they're 
this is like the first time we're seeing Rothstein scared. Right. Yeah, it's really weird to see him in this state because, I mean, you know, I've said it before. Uh, Rothstein's always been, like, the really calm, cool, collected person. But uh, throughout the series so far, I mean, he's been calling shots, you know, uh, not ever worried about anything. Because he's all. always been the person to research every situation, be in control of every situation he gets into. That's why he's, I mean... Since the beginning, we've known that uh, Rothstein goes into goes into a uh, into a bet only if he knows every 100%. outcome. Yeah, if he knows what's happening. So here we see him super worried about the uh, the fix on the World Series. Um, it's he kind of knows that he's been he's been pointed out by all the players that right. You know, he's the one that made this situation happen. Right. He knows that people have talked. Right. That he depended on people that could not keep their mouths shut. Right. Uh, essentially non if we want to put it this way, non gangsters, right? You know, right. So people that are fifty percent gangster. Like, well I'm I'm a gangster for the money and then that's it. Right. Right. So Um And he kinda has sort of that he's... that nucky thing going on too, like he's also just as frantic or as you know again, like just Oh, everyone, everyone, right. like return to normalcy, like everything. Boardwalk Empire, and you know, it, I, I, I think you may guys have may have talked about it on the first episode, but do you know how bleak and non-colorful this show is? <laughs> so <laughs> like, bleak. it's just so. There's no, there's no bright colors or anything, you know. Um, and it's the only time this season that every everyone's sort of like on edge, like Nucky and Rothstein, you know. Um, so again, it's just kind of crazy before we get to like our end of yes. the episode, you know? Right. Yes. No, that's a very good point on that. Um, and we see that he's uh, Rossine's talking about. Uh, well, uh, Nucky mentions, you know, you you have some connections in Chicago, and then this will come back here in a little bit, like literally in about two scenes. We're gonna find out who he, they're talking yeah. about. So. Oh, lucky. Lucky. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Did I say Nucky? Yeah, you said Nucky. But yeah, Lucky. Nucky, Lucky, Chucky. I'm getting them mixed up. So. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Lucky mentions you may know somebody in Chicago that can help you out. Right. We'll get into that here in just a little bit then. Right. Uh, so we go from there. We're seeing uh, James, Jimmy, and... Uh, Angela. J Jimmy. And, uh, and Angela are... They're talking. They're kind of having a makeup session. Is how I put it down in my notes. Yeah, and and I mean this scene was honestly every interaction between those two has been kind of weird to me. Right. Just and and this is no different. Um, you have Jimmy trying to patch things up with Angela. I mean they've obviously yes. had a, a rocky relationship thus far, but um, yeah. Here we see Jimmy trying to. I guess bury the hatchet with Angela. Like let's let's start fresh. I want okay. to continue from this point on. And with Angela, given her history and the fact that she's been conspiring with this uh, Vincent Price Jr.'s wife for a while now, it's just I just don't know how to feel about this uh, about this relationship. Still, it's just so very odd to me. Because well, you, you kind of see that she wants to, you know, make this work, but 
what are her true feelings? You, uh, it's hard for me to tell. I don't know. And it's, I think it's also, it's, I'm trying to think how to word this. The scene I really like because one Jimmy mentions, are you in love with her? So we know right. that he knows right. it's not Vincent Price Jr. It's the, it's the wife. Right. So in a way, it's a very progressive view of it. Yes. The way yeah. he's reacting. Because, like I said, this is the 1920s. Yeah. Right? You know, so I like I liked that they're portraying him in a way as, like, kind of a progressive guy on it where it's like, he doesn't. He's not out there basically saying, "Oh, you're with a girl. It's against God." You know, right? Th- that's not even remotely a discussion. Which they could have done that. Right. The writers could have done that in a way, and, and it and it would have been like, "Okay, this is a cliche." Yeah. But they're not doing that, and I really do like that. Yeah. Yeah. And but we're actually seeing like who she like, I guess who Angela is, and we'll get into it a little bit more later, but. Jimmy has a problem where, like, he's suffering from PTSD, obviously. Because mm-hmm. she even says, like, you wake up in the middle of the night like you scare me. And right. he doesn't know it. Right. So that's all. That's a very scary thing. Like, um, I don't know how much either one of y'all have dealt with people with PTSD. But, you know, like, I, I mean, working in some of the industries I've worked in and then some of my, like, the friends I've had in my life and yeah. things like that, I've had people that have have had very serious PTSD. And it is a very scary thing to kind of deal with because you don't know exactly what's going to happen. You right. Know? And you can't, you're not blaming them 100%. Right. You can't blame them, obviously. You know, and so, and back then, they didn't have any treatment for something like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, you so, know we talked about that earlier episodes that, you know, they you answer a, a scantron. I yeah, think, exactly. You go it. through this test and <laughs> they decide whether or not you should be shipped off to a, a nitwit school, basically. Yeah, right. That's, a, that, that, that's pretty much it. <laughs> for, for the uh, It's Always Sunny fans, <laughs> they ship you off to a nitwit school. Um, but yeah, it's I mean, there's in these times, there was just not really an understanding of what these guys are coming through. I mean, shell shock was that was the term that was used back then. We didn't understand what that meant. It was just a term that got, you know, you got labeled that you have shell shock. Yeah. You know, so, uh, so obviously, you know, Jimmy's going through something that is not understood at the time. Um, and I think it's like you said, it's, it's pretty, um, admirable that, he's able to put himself outside of that situation and try to connect with not his wife, but you know, we, he's trying. Yeah. He's trying. Can we agree on that? At least us three, like he's trying, he's trying to put in some effort. I'm not saying he's a hundred percent right because he was off sleeping with another woman a couple episodes ago. Right. Right. I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying anything like that. But I legitimately think he wants this relationship to work as right. of right now. I mean, right. can we uh, agree on that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree on that. Uh, to piggyback on your point, going back a little bit, what makes Jimmy so scary and honestly the actor is that dude is so calm, but there's something in yeah. his eyes yes. that it's like, Jesus, like whether I feel you ever see those memes and it's like someone and it's just like, this is the same person, happy, sad, mad, yeah. angry. Yeah furious super excited and it's all the same face that's jimmy (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
And it's like you have no idea if he's, you know, we saw him actually, right? I, I, I want to say like the happiest we saw Jimmy this first season is was when he was with, um, oh, Pearl. I, I forget Pearl. her name. Um, what was her Pearl. name? Pearl. Pearl. Like that's the happiest we saw him. Yep. And if I if I put that scene to a few moments before he he beats up Vincent Price Jr., there's no different facial reaction, right? <laughs> and that's really <laughs> scary. Um, so I, I just think when you when you you know combine the PTSD and just him, yes, trying and just all that, Jimmy's a scary dude. Yeah, he's the scariest dude on the show besides <laughs> Harrow because Harrow's like a big yeah, teddy exactly. bear who will exactly. kill you from a few states away. Right. You know, which we'll get into that. In another right. season, yeah, in yeah, another yeah. season, even we'll get into that. Well, no, yeah, actually, no. Yeah. I'm sorry. In this, this episode, this season, this episode, yeah, we'll, we'll, actually we'll get, get into, into that. that, a bit on that. <laughs> um, absolutely, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah. So from there we go, and we see that um, uh, Margaret's with. Uh, <laughs> I have it down on my thing just as uh, Warren's baby mama. I I yeah. I refuse to memorize her name because, like I said, I I don't. It sounds like I know. That, I mean, this was a real per- in real life. This was a real person. Okay, I know she was Warren's baby mama was a real person in real life. I don't know if she was really like this actual character, but the character that's being portrayed, I have no respect for her. Yeah, I'm like sorry. I said before, I mean, she's just uh, she's so dense. That's, <laughs> like, that's all she like, is. Like, it's like clue. She's tr- like people are trying to give her hints, and she's like, "Well, I'll be first lady. I'll be this." So I was just like, "You know what?" Even Margaret was like trying to hint at her, like, "You should not bet on that." <laughs> yes. So, but she's with um, Margaret and Warren's baby mama are together. They're going through the cemetery, and uh, Margaret comes across uh, the. Uh, the headstone for Nucky's wife right. and child, Nucky Jr. Right. and uh, uh, Mabel. And so she sees, like, oh, shit. Because she knew that he was married. But right. She did, if I remember correctly, she didn't know he had a child, no, right? yeah. And so... She's seeing this for the first time, and I think it's kind of like it's hitting her because right before this, she was talking about, I pray for the children I lost. Right. Because we've known that Margaret has, uh, and she's lost several children of her own through, I assume, either stillbirths, abortions. I don't know exactly. Right. But she's lost several children. Who, Margaret? Yes. Oh, no. he, he, He says it, right? He said it the prior episode. Her husband. Right, Hans fucking beat the shit out of her to the well, point where she lost a child. Them, that was one of them. But remember when she, she came also, over on the boat? Right. She also lost another. I still right, 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 we, right. Yeah, gotcha. when Michael Shannon was pulling up her file, she was pregnant when she came to America, and then she lost a baby. Right. right. So she's lost at least two. We'll say at least two. Right. At least two children. So I mean, that's I, I a know. huge impact on her character and sure. how she relates to other people that maybe yes um, have been through that situation. And I think that's um, kind of a it, it kind of gives you an idea of her character and how that character is mirrored in Nucky's character. You know, he he knows loss. He uh, he sympathizes with women that have known that loss. Yes. So it's 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 kind of a connection for them that she finally sees that headstone. Yeah, and she's very surprised that Nucky has has known that feeling yeah. as well. I agree. 
And so she sees that, and she sees on, and we and we even see, you know, the dates that um, his wife died literally like less than a month. Yeah, from yeah, the, a weeks. Uh, his son. Yeah. yeah, it was weeks from the son, from his son passing away, and we find out his son uh, passed away. It was like right at a week or whatever. Right. Uh, so we obviously just seeing that heads. If you if you in real life saw that headstone alone, you would be like. Oh, there's some pain in this. Right. Right. Like, you don't have to know oh, the yeah. person or anything like that. You immediately are like, there's obviously some pain in this. <coughs> and Let me uh, point out here, yes. as, as big, if, if anyone's as big of a Boardwalk Empire fan as me, you know, if you just see this tombstone and then the scene following where we get Nucky and Margaret, huge contradiction with season five. I'm just saying it's a huge uh, um, timeline mess up by the writers secondly uh um this this scene is shot in where i used to live staten island uh if you just google saint andrew's church uh and just literally like google image it you will see all all where they shot this i guess like a daytime shot uh, if i could say um it's pretty cool to see i used to live literally around the corner from here walking distance That's nice. so cool. uh and if you turn the camera if you turn the camera around like literally the opposite of where the camera is shooting you will see all of where they shot season three, Tabor Heights, and that's not uh. a spoiler. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, just cool stuff. So basically, you're telling me that there's literally no Atlantic City in this show. <laughs> uh, Atlantic City doesn't even exist. Oh, what? <laughs> yes, Hold basically. on. Are you telling me I dreamed when Random I went gambling though, in Atlantic you City? Go on the boardwalk. Oh, you know what? You know what? Though the, the this, the, you do give me. A- Hold on. I have, to, I have to do a shout out real quick. If you go on the bootlegging empire uh, Instagram. Atlantic City follows us. No way. <laughs> oh, how <laughs> cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I was I actually got them to follow us. I was like, oh shit. That's what's up. <laughs> and you know what? You know what? I should you, you should take this. Let me take this opportunity because I told you about this before and, and we should try and get pictures of it because I think it's so cool. Uh I believe when the show season three was premiering. There were signs like, you know what, like when you enter or leave a city like welcome to Houston, welcome to Miami, right, wherever. Right, right. When they were starting season three, they had Welcome to Atlantic City signs, and it said, brought to you by Enoch Thompson. No And there way. was a little thing at what? the bottom right that said, that said H, you know, uh, uh, HBO. They had these cool as fuck signs because they were promoting the show heavy. Um, and yeah, and it literally said, and had, it was very awesome. old timey, but That's it was like cool. you could tell the sign was brand new. Um and, and and Colton, I had seen someone on your on the on the podcast page lived in Atlantic City, yes. right? Yeah, this was a few yeah. weeks ago. I saw him comment. Uh, um, person, if you're hearing me, see if you if you remember that and and, and write on the page because I remember and it was so cool because you see it and you're like, oh, Atlantic City, uh, Enoch, J- Jacob, Nucky, yeah, I think, yeah. I think it was Jacob. Jacob? Yeah. Is it Jacob? Yeah, I think so. I am so sorry if I am uh, saying the name wrong. It's either Jacob or or uh, James. Or Jason, wasn't it? An, an, wasn't it an Xavier? I think it was oh. the last. No, name. actually, no. Yeah, you're right. I think it was. I think it was. Is it Xavier? Xavier? Yeah. I am so sorry for saying the name wrong because he wrote in that he it, lives it, in the area. It's been a couple of weeks since we saw that post, and we've had a lot of yeah. libations uh, since so that point. Many libations <laughs> since then. So I apologize. Um, but he does live in, and um, he even like, yeah. commented that he lives in Atlantic City that he sees. Like what when like the things they're talking about, he's like, oh yeah, that's here, that's here, which is so awesome, and because um, I don't know nothing about Atlantic City, like I know he'll he'll be yeah 
he'll be able to to point out what, when that was in season three, and he may even have pictures because if he was a fan watching the show, uh, um. Yeah, please feel free to comment and yeah, tell me how wrong Colton is. Like, I, I always love that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, I really would like that. That would be awesome. Uh, All right, so super hard super hard call out. Joshua Peter Xavier. Thank you. That's I cannot pronou- pronounce your last name. You have now been put on the spot. <laughs> Send us pictures. I got the- you just got called out hard. Please, yeah, please you comment. Have, you literally, it, I will ban you from Facebook if you. Do- no, I'm just kidding. I'm just no, kidding. No, you tell Colton how wrong he is. I, I, I will vouch for you. It's fine. <laughs> we'll make you a. We'll make you a member. Of, uh, yeah. No, what is it? A, a moderator. You're an, the, yeah, you're an dating. unofficial bootlegger from <laughs> now on. Things. Just tell me how wrong Colton is. <laughs> just tell me how wrong I am, please. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> No, that'll be awesome. I'm really excited to, like, to see some stuff, especially during the time period that the show was on, just to see if like what, yeah. what advertisement they had. and I mean, just to see like differences of what is shown. Because we, like I said, I've known that like the boardwalk is a, a CGI. I've known the boardwalk's CGI. Right. But to see what the boardwalk looks like in real life versus what it looks like in the show, I'm actually really curious to see. I mean, like, that's some why we, yeah, we, we yeah. said from the beginning that we were trying to um, make this a, the, the entire premise of the podcast was to talk about the show, yes, but also to talk about the history yeah, yes. of Atlantic City, what actually happened in the past, right, and how that reflects in the show. Like, if so we wanted to just do a show, I could just do a show, like, right. oh, Steve Buscemi this and, you know, Michael Shannon this. But I, I, we, we want to know the history, like the actual – because to me, like I've said, like history, I love his, – history is better than anything. So, I mean, yeah. Michael Shannon this, not always. Like you, you can't <laughs> – <laughs> I don't give a shit if that's historically accurate. It's Michael Shannon. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So from there we go to the – Oh God! Uh, the big scene. Well, it's not the biggest scene. It's the. It's a very powerful scene for sure. The, I would call it the probably the most powerful scene of this episode. Not the biggest scene, but the most powerful scene of the episode. Where and so when I've watched this episode twice in the last week, and both times I've teared up watching it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just I feel there's just so much emotion. That is in this. Um, so I'm just going to kind of read through it. If I tear up, I tear up. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners, if my voice gets a little weird. But uh, uh, so I'll come down with that Michael Shannon slap right across <laughs> your face. Go ahead. Right. So it starts out not that bad. It's uh, we find out Nucky and uh, Grand Torino are friends. Okay. Which in real life, we uh, I have found out, by the way, in real life, really old school friends. They were actually really good friends, which is kind of cool. Like, this is a real thing that probably would have really happened. You know, they really would have had phone like conversations. Right. You know? That's cool. Nucky and Torrio are talking, and I like how like <laughs> we've joked about it before now. Torrio is such an old man where he's like he's talking about yeah, the like seriously. like oh well I'm gonna come up to I'm gonna come over to Chicago and then Nucky says like oh god damn it which Torrio hears how god damn yeah. it he's like, well I'm taking the I'm taking the train yeah like, all right bro talk about your Colton. bunions it's cool we get it. <laughs> 
Colton, if I could jump in for for for, uh, I just want to point out two things. One, um, while watching this scene, my fiance called um, called him a goldfish, and if you look at the scene again and look at him as a goldfish, you could see it. And two, <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about when you when you, when you say Torio. So if you could please refer to him as Gran Torino. So Go ahead. I, you're right. I've got Gran Torino here, and so we, we find out that he's uh, calling in and. Um, it's it's kind of funny because he's just such an old man, right? Yeah. So, um, now I did find out doing some research in this in real life, Nucky and him, like the actual Nucky Johnson and him, they were actually really <laughs> friends, which is kind of cool, right? So we're finding out like that the the Nucky Johnson, you know, the machine. Torio was actually a very big a part of that, which I thought was kind of cool to find this out. That it wasn't just in the show, like oh, they may or may not know about each other. It was right. no, they definitely knew about each other. Not only did they know about each other, they were, they were friends, good right? friends. Yeah, yeah. They went back and said, in, in, like the what I was reading, they went back years and years and years. Right. So, so their phone call, yeah, their phone call was basically like if I called you and huh. <laughs> it was like. Hey, I need man. you to pay off a judge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, dude, I need you to take care of this shit for me. <laughs> oh, what did you fucking say to me? <laughs> well, give me ten dollars instead of a million. But <laughs> so we do find that out, and um, Nucky then is putting on a mask, and we see that uh, Margaret's coming to visit him, and then this is where the scene gets really like serious, right? So. Margaret's coming in and she's telling him, you know, like, you know, that she basically saw that he had a son that was uh, that died. Right. That she never knew that she didn't know that he had a son and she knew that he had a wife and the wife died. And we see Nucky tell a story of basically how serious all of this was to him and how he wasn't there. Yeah, well, Margaret, like, asks him point blank, I want to know your story. Please tell me who you are. I want to know everything about you. Because, I mean, at this point, you would think that they would have shared enough with each other that Margaret knows everything about Nucky. I mean, they've kind of been living together for a couple months now. At this point, yes. Um, obviously, they've had a sexual relationship for a couple months. I mean, he's Uncle Nucky to her kids, so right. you would think that they would have shared everything they know about each other. But she just found out some new information. He had a son at some point, and he died. And now she's coming to him to ask, like, "What? Tell me everything. Let me know what's going yeah. on." And um. That's when Nucky starts opening up. Right. And so he tells the story about basically his uh, son was born and he was just so busy. And he keeps going back to that phrase. Yeah, that he yeah was just he so, says that. He was so busy. Right. And for me personally, that kind of like it rings with me a little bit. Like like I, I'm kind of a workaholic. I, I put in a lot of work and stuff yeah. like that. And I used to work two jobs and stuff like that where I mean I, w- I was working seven days a week and right. you know 12 hours each day and so seeing things like this it, it always kind of resonates with me because I'm like shit like I'm not there for my wife 
You know, I'm not there for my family. Me, okay. Yeah, right. (laughs) And so I'm not there for my friends. It's hard. Okay, so watching him say this, it to me personally it resonates, and then even more so when you sit there and you see that the very first time this man held his son, his son had been dead for several days. Right. Right. You know, I can't imagine that. I can't it's, imagine that. Uh, it, it's really hard to even imagine that because, I mean, I, and I have two kids myself, and I cannot imagine going through that kind of situation where you are just too busy with your work and your life outside of your your family and your wife and yeah. your actual what should be your priorities being too important to pay attention to that. Not only to pay attention to not know your own flesh and blood is right. dead. Right. Right. Like you don't know that your own flesh and blood has been dead for three or four days, a week, right. whatever the, whatever the time frame is. And, know? um, yeah. Uh, he, he mentions that it's been, you know, he, he was already treasurer for yes. a couple weeks at that point. Um, but because that position took him away from his family for so long that he didn't notice that his wife was struggling with the fact that his son was already dead for, what did right. he say, like four or five days? Yeah, that's what he I said. Like remember, at least yeah. a, I think he said like at least a week. Right. Um, he He didn't even notice because he was so engrossed in his position um right so um it's kind of it's kind of crazy for me to um imagine that situation yeah what about you victor what do you have on it i think we kind of see again uh, i i hate playing this role but like this you know, I I I I sort of faced the same thing when I did I did the I, I had a six feet under podcast and it's funny like talking about the show after it ends, you know they reference this scene big time five seasons from now so you kind of really get to see like all the all the all the thoughts we have and how how could you live with yourself how could you you know how heartbreaking it is you kind of get to see it actually play out later and I don't think that's much, that much of a spoiler because we know what happened or we know what happened. Right. Now we just kind of get to see it a few seasons from now. Um, I think, you know, to 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 earlier, it was kind of like, you know, how could they not have this talk already? Like, how did Margaret right. not know? She kind of did know, but, yes. she, you know, they never had this serious of a talk. And I think it's like we were kind of saying in the beginning is like, Nucky's just a machine. And it was just kind of like, Margaret was almost kind of a, I don't think a ruse is the right word. A, Oh God, I, no. I I cringe saying this. She was a she was a mask. Yes, like what I'm saying is she was like she wasn't. She you know you meet a woman today, you know you're looking for a personal connection. Whereas Nucky was almost sort of uh, uh, you know someone for for public whatnot. But then it became kind of real, and we right. see it. Um, I th- is it is it during this scene? And forgive me if I'm skipping ahead when he's like it scares me. When we're sitting there with your kids, was that this scene or is that later? I don't no, I think remember that in this one. I think it's this one. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I, I think that I think the next time they see each other is at the the ball, the, the supper club. The, 
Right, yeah. right, right. Um, but you know, you and you kind of see like, <laughs> and like you know, uh, Colton, you said it to start it out. Like Nucky's putting on a mask, and symbolism and all that takes off his mask, and really, oh, the most right. vul- vulnerable we've the mo- the most vulnerable we've seen Nucky, and honestly. Steve Buscemi, <laughs> no, like I've never seen Steve Buscemi act like this. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, no, right. it's very good. I mean, um, you know, you just he, never he seen someone a, a magnificent uh-huh. role in Mr. Deeds when he was Crazy Eyes, but I mean, nothing <laughs> compared to uh, what he's doing here. Right, right. <laughs> and, and you know, like like to Colton's point, you gotta, you know, they. But, and this is, you know, it's funny we're talking about stuff all fake. I don't know if it's a real Enoch Thompson's. That really happened to him, but um, this didn't happen to Steve Buscemi. And we're sitting here, and we believe him. Right? Yeah. Like we really empathize with him, and that's amazing. You know, it, it's kind of funny. You talk about the show, and you kind of step back. Steve Buscemi. I don't mean this in a bad way. It's almost in a good way. Kind of like the way we kind of look at Will Ferrell. He was a laughing stock, right? Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And, and we brought that up in the past. And you think that, about like, this is Steve right. Buscemi right. Is not like. Exactly the 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 pinnacle of like male lead actor. You know he's not he, he's not sure sure chiseled in the face. He's or even <laughs> he's not the greatest yeah. looking guy in the world. But for some reason his character is just so relatable and so yes. um, sure. You, know, you sure. want to like his character. He's you an want everyday to... person. Right, right. That's how I put it. He's an everyday like. I could be sitting next to this guy. This guy, like Steve Buscemi, could be in my cubicle next to me. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I mean, that's that's literally who he is, right? He's that guy. Sure, sure. And then, but yeah, you're you right. Put him like, in that situation, and he shows how well he can act, and it's just like, oh shit. Right. In this situation, yeah, he's he's just really he plays the part great. I mean, it's well, it's the way believable. He keeps going back to it's, like. Like what I love about this scene, and like maybe maybe it just because it rings true with me. Like I said, with with working and things like that, <clears throat> when he keeps going back and he's like, he's he the way he even says it, he was like, I was so busy. Like oh, he's like, it's almost like he's trying to say it like it's it's an excuse, but he knows it's not an excuse. Like he knows sure. that. Right. And you get that from him. And those, like, what? Those, like, three words that he's saying, I was so... Okay, four words. I was so busy. And those four words that he says, to me, that's the most powerful f- words spoken in this entire episode. Right. And this is an episode where people were about to see people die. Right? We're about to see people um, murder. Spoiler alert. Okay, sorry. But... <laughs> <laughs> but... If... if- that's this scene is what rings true to me more than anything in this entire episode. When you said those were the most powerful words, I I, I get where you're coming from. I guess uh, I, I want to hold up like a different, a different, different set of words. You know how the conversation ends and what really like makes. You know, you, you, we kind of all have this in your dating life, and, and I know you guys are married, but you know. It happened to you guys. There's a moment when you and your significant other, you click. You realize, like, hey, we're both here for the same thing. And I think it's when Nucky says the words, we all have to decide for ourselves how much sin we can live with. Yes. And it's something I believe it's in the first episode. I believe it's the first or the second episode. Jimmy says to Nucky, you can't be half a gangster. Yeah. Right. 
I feel like those two things are sort of like what sort of kicks off, you know, this episode, let's just say, like kicks off like the rest of this show and like what what a great character Enoch Thompson is. Like you have to decide, you know, and and kind of Margaret too, and you guys have been talking about it the prior episodes. Like Margaret doesn't even know who she is. She has that symbolism where she looks in the mirror and and all that. And I even Um, thought that myself. Like how much much sin is she going to live with? Exactly. Like what is your breaking point? I mean, it's sure, we've had sure. so many opportunities throughout the season to to see like where she's going to turn back, yeah. and she kind of did a little bit uh, earlier in the in the season where she went back to the women's league. Whenever uh, it was a uh, during Ballygran nights, oh, of, yes, nights yes, of Ballygran, yes, 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 where yeah. she's standing there with the women's league. I I thought that was her turning point where she was like done with Enoch, but no. She kept coming back. Yes. Like, I keep, I keep being surprised by how much Margaret can take of this, quote, corrupt behavior. Yeah. Like, it, it is very surprising. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. Uh, so from there we go and we see... Um, I don't have a lot out of this scene. And maybe y'all got more out of it than I did. <clears throat> Uh, from there we go and we see Agent Michael Shannon and his wife are having a conversation. Uh, and it's pretty much he's telling her that, you know, I've got an opportunity to work in a to be an investment in a feed store. And she doesn't like that at all. And I don't I, I don't know. What did y'all get? I didn't get a lot out of this other than that. It's just a, it's it's a changing in him because he's obviously wanting out from prohibition because he feels yeah I mean it, it, it's reinforcing his his position on the whole thing um, you know obviously he's trying to find a way out but um, it it's weird that his wife is the uh, is one of the determining factors on whether or not he continues with the IRS because uh, he's ready to leave. But she kind of is a wait, telling him like you should, you should. It's a good opportunity. Keep going with it, right? I mean, considering their history, he obviously doesn't take his wife's opinion uh, as an end-all, be-all to what he does in his life. No, <laughs> like, no, not at all. He loves his wife. I understand sure. that, but. You know, considering their their past with their trying to conceive and everything like that, he obviously is. He chooses his morals over what his wife tells him to do. So, yes, this is a bit weird that um, she bring this up and he kind of goes along with it. Yeah. All right. And I think this is this is where we get the the line if. God wants us to stay in Atlantic City, we'll get a sign. Yes. Which is such a perfect, like, <laughs> you know, how it how it ends up later. And if we are going to break here, it's like a perfect way to, like, we'll see where they pick up that pin later. Right, right. <laughs> yes. We get a, a literal sign. So, random thing that was asked. So, I told her I wasn't going to ask this. And I wasn't going to bring it up, but I'm totally, I totally lied to my wife on this, okay? So we're bringing it up on the podcast. Oh, I'm going to tell her later. <laughs> this is literally the question she asked me when we saw the scene. 
when they very first happened. And I'm going to ask this on air. Did you think Asia Michael Shannon and his wife have crazy sex or normal sex? Why did that come up? <laughs> because when he had sex with Lucy, oh it's yeah, yeah, nuts, nuts, <laughs> right? <laughs> so she she wanted to know. I said, and what I think it is, I'll I'll go ahead and state my view on it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> is that sex is procreation and procreation only. That's what I would think. I That's how I view it, is that that is what their relationship is. It is it's, I mean, it's, considering, their, considering their history, that's what they were always trying to do. I mean, they were, they were trying to have a son. That's right. what, at least her part, like, she wanted to make, I want to have a son for you. Like, that right. was the whole thing. Um, I don't know what that has to do with their current situation, but <laughs> I feel it's gonna be the same because, like I said, I feel that I feel that like he was with when it comes to Lucy, and the reason I'm also bringing this up is obviously because Lucy's gonna play a role later on in this episode. Oh, spoilers, it, dude, Daddy. <laughs> so is that whoa? <laughs> <laughs> Is that I feel that stay out of this, Victor. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to give my definition on on, on what on what um, Van Ald, um Agent Michael Shannon and his wife. Don't you use his real name? <laughs> have you listened to this? No, podcast? I know, I know, I know. No, I, I, I Agent Michael Shannon. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Is that uh, I feel that he was able to let go. When it came to her, he was like, I don't have to be this okay. person anymore. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, That's kind of where I got it from. I was like, you know what? I kind of feel that when it was came to her, he was like, okay. I drank, so I violated the law. Right. It's like, I don't have to be this person. You know? I see what you're saying. Okay. That's kind of how I interpreted it. I know it's a, it's a very random – it has nothing to do with the show – Really, and I mean, it does have to do with the show, but it's nothing to do with the storyline or anything like that. It's just kind of a. It's, it's character. Yeah, it's, it's a character. It's a character. Yeah. Like, character let's look at the actual characters and what do we think. Right. Right? Okay. I don't know. I actually think it does have to do with the show because uh, uh, Agent Michael Shannon and Lucy, when they had sex, that was all that rage. You know, when he went to go slap that, that applicant in the beginning of the episode, right. that is. Years of you know looking at Margaret's picture and, and holding Jimmy's wife's picture and, and all that like that's years of that suppressed, oppressed or suppressed. suppressed. I forget which suppressed. one it is because it was active. holding all yeah. of that holding all of that down when he finally says fuck life and he just goes and drinks and has sex with Lucy. He's getting all of that stuff right. out like you know yeah. it's just finally like you said he doesn't have to be anymore. Uh, while you guys were talking. Uh, you know, describing his wife and Agent Michael Shannon's sex. I, I had to jump through a few loops, but I feel like doesn't they don't even call it sex. They call it coitus. <laughs> and in my head, I always thought coitus meant something else. And I think they literally describe... I think the two of them sit down and say, let's do coitus. And they say, yes, the physical union of male and female genitalia accompanied by rhythmic movements. I feel like that's exactly what they say I feel so dirty. before they <laughs> yeah. do it. I feel so dirty with you saying that. <laughs> 
Listen, you're the one who whispered daddy, okay? So <laughs> just go, daddy. Oh my I, god. I, I only have a quarter job, so it's fine. It's, it's not too bad. I'm literally cleaning my mic right now. <laughs> okay. From there we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna transition we're gonna go the fuck out of this scene. Okay. <laughs> Yes, Daddy. Wait, oh what? God! Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Okay. Uh, break. We need a break. Uh, we got one more scene before break. We need to break so we, bad. We got one more so scene bad. before we go to break. I gotta make it through it. No, I'm gonna what throw scene? Up. All right, all right. What the fuck are you so, talking about? <laughs> so from there we go, and we see that. Um, and it's not a big scene. It's uh, that. Angela's cut her uh, Jimmy and uh, Jimmy comes in and he sees Angela and Angela's cut all of her hair off. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, there's not a lot that goes on in this scene other than and I, okay. Yeah. I'm going to say it right here. I'll be the person if y'all want to write in hate mail on me, y'all want to do whatever. Angela's a bitch. Okay? No, I'm done with her. I am done with Angela at this point. Well, and I I, I can't even blame Angela all that much. But I can. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can. I mean, she's being led on. But she's... You're going with it. I'm not saying that she's right. But she's being led on by a postcard from France. And this okay. postcard... <sighs> I'm looking at you. Okay. I, I hope Vincent Price Jr. I, I, writes your wife. Shut up. <laughs> No, I'm just saying that she's being led on by somebody that went on and moved to France and lived this perfect life that she's been dreaming of. That's not what it says. That's not what it says. It says, I miss you. She's fucking playing her. And Jimmy says, Jimmy said earlier in the scene, I love your hair against me. And she cuts it off. Oh, I did not think about that. She, he says, I love your hair against me. And she cuts the fuck out of her hair. That was why she did it. I'm sorry. I no. didn't think about that. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's if an she was, scene. If, if the first season, in the first episode we saw with her where she's like, hey, I can't get over her. I'm sorry. I'm going to leave you. I want to be with her. Cool. Hey, you were honest. It was up front. Awesome. Hey, it sucks. We're going to get a divorce. It's going to happen. Whatever, right? But everything's being honest. But with her sitting there saying, I'm wanting to work with this. Uh, yeah, you know what? That's I do want to help this. I do want to do this. And I get one little bitty postcard in the mail of a of the Eiffel Tower. That's true. And I'm going to like go yeah, and they, cut my hair. Yeah, and I'm going to do all this. No, earlier man, about no, making it work. I'm and sorry. And she... <laughs> Uh, I, I'm just going to throw out there hard, hard disagree. <laughs> this is Angela White. Like, she's going to wipe the slate clean with Jimmy. Like, if they're going to start fresh, she's going to start so fresh, she's going to change her look. I feel like this is her completely oh. wiping her past. Okay. It's the same way, like, when you go when you go through a breakup and you're like, you know what? I'm all of a sudden, I'm going to have the boy band look and I'm going to dye my hair blonde. <laughs> Whatever the hell it is. But, like, you change something up about you. It's It's like leaving the past in the past um what challenges my thought a little bit is i did not pick up that she when jimmy says i love your hair against me um right 
so that I, I would need time to think about it. But I'm I'm gonna for now uh, I'm gonna stay with the idea that this was her like when she comes out of the bedroom and sees Jimmy. I feel like if there was like you know the VH1 pop up video next to her head, it was like <laughs> take take me as I am. This is what I'm gonna look like. This is my attempt to move forward. You're gonna take it or not. You know, because I feel like that's the first time she's pushed back with her expression, with her emotion okay. to Jimmy, you know. Um, but, you know, this is something I could, this is like hearing hearing new information as you're saying your point, And it's just like, oh, maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but that, that that was my thought before I, 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 I caught the Stop. line of, I love Stop. coming here against <laughs> Stop. And on that note, we are going to go on break. I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, we're going to go on break. We're going to learn a little bit about it. Won't be fun, uh, but we're going to learn about the history of the cake that Margaret was making with a uh, uh, bomb uh, barnbrack cake. Barnbrack. So, yeah. Uh, learn a little bit about the history of that, and we're going to come right back. Y'all have enjoyed a couple libations, and uh, you know we have. We so. know we have. So we'll be right back. Barnbrack is an Irish cake that is traditionally made with raisins and sultanas. Originally baked and served on Halloween, there were several items baked inside. If a person found a pea, then that person would not marry that year. A cloth would go to persons that had bad luck or would become poor. A coin would mean that somebody would become rich that year, and a ring would go to the person that would marry. While not as popular as it once was, you can still find commercially available Barnbrack in Ireland during the hollow season. I hope you learned something about Barnbrack. Let's get back to chin wagging. And we are back. Uh, so hopefully we learned a little bit about uh, Barnbrack. Um, I still personally prefer King's Cake. King's Cake, you know? yep. So, And I'm Irish, but... Yeah, that bread looks really fucking dry. <laughs> and I'm and I'm Guatemalan. Exactly. Well, yeah. Okay, <laughs> you, you okay, okay. I, I'm Guatemalan too, <laughs> but Fantastic. I'm not. I'm not gonna attribute my knowledge of king cake to my Guatemalan side. <laughs> <laughs> I, I attribute it to my living in Houston for all of my life. <laughs> I don't care. No, what do y'all have? You. What do y'all have? You, y'all, you, y'all, don't y'all have a beer you don't know. with a fucking rooster on it. That's all y'all have. You don't know anything about fucking Gaio, okay? <laughs> <laughs> do not even get me started. <laughs> do not talk about Gaio if you don't know about Gaio. <laughs> you watch your mouth when it you're talking about Gaio. It is the best fucking beer. Yeah. yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I'll fucking... Drink some more bourbon at me and Como will get naked and fight in the front yard. <laughs> I mean, probably, but I'll be drinking Gallo and you won't be, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, all right, so we're just kidding. Let, let's on let's note, get back. <laughs> welcome back to let's bootlegging. Get on to- <laughs> let's get on topic because this scene is legit, okay? <laughs> this scene is very legit. All right. So uh, we're coming back and we're seeing that basically it's the three the the, the three houses the are families meeting. yeah the three families it's, yeah. we have uh, Nucky we've got uh, Grand Torino and we have uh, Rossi and they're 
having a meeting. Now, this is very, this is one of the scenes that I'm like, this is very Scorsese. Yeah. Right? Sure. Can we, yeah. uh, can we all agree? This is 100% Scorsese. Because it's very yeah. tense. Like, I was, my, my, my butthole was super tight the entire time. Dude, Jimmy comes out and he's got the gun in his hand. I never realized that. He, Jimmy's, ready to, Jimmy's ready to smash oh, some yeah. people. Yep. Right, which is weird because him and Capone are friends. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, so he thinks that Lucky's going to kill him, but Lucky is literally like, hey, I'm just here. Like, what, what's going on? Like, yeah, no, I, if you watch this, I, you can see a, a fight happening. Yeah, right? yeah. I was tight. I was tight watching this scene. Yes, <laughs> such tight butthole. So. If I could, and, and if I could rudely interrupt, there's something I've been meaning to say and to tell you, Colton. When Jimmy comes out of the car, he's he, he he's ready for business, right? Like he has that gun in hand, and he looks like he's ready to go. Jimmy has a limp. The entire yes. season. That limp comes back in such a huge way. That as I say it, <laughs> as I say it, you're like, how could that? How could a limp play a part? And it's crazy that since the first episode, it it adds to his character. Like you know, we were talking about his eyes, his demeanor, how scary he is because he's so whatever. That limp, without even noticing, adds to his character. And when he comes out of the scene, he has that gun in his hand and he's limping. And that limp plays such. It's like it's in the top ten of the show's. Uh, um, I'm, I'm making a circle with my hands uh, uh, of the show's like big points that limp and okay. I you you you, were, you you know I listened to every episode and just kind of like oh man someone needs to say it because it's so let huge. me let me remind you this is my first watch <laughs> no no and that, and when no, I say no, 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 no. when I say it's a huge limp I imagine you're like how could a limp play a big part and I'm telling you it plays a huge part ah. <sighs> I mean, I I have a feeling that it does. I always did because I mean, it it kind of it kind of lends to his character. Like, well, they bring it up. They bring limp, it up but... more and more as it goes along. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Just no, no. Just this season. Remember the first couple well, yeah, episodes. Yeah, I mean, see, obviously, it's every once in a while he kind of has a limp, and then all of a sudden it's like. But even in his character, like you see that. Yeah. Throughout the first season, he starts off as like this little ruffian, like, yeah, he's back from the war, but he's still a kid, and he's like this, whatever, um, he's taken under the wing of Nucky, and he he progressed throughout the season to this legit gangster, Yes, and I said it before, like, he's building up his own army with Richard Harrow, like, yeah. He, you can you can tell, yeah. and you're absolutely right. Now that you say it, his limp is kind of, and I said this about Richard Harrow. I thought Richard was like this perfect Dick Tracy villain. <laughs> yeah, he did. I said that before. Yeah, yeah. But now that you say it, like this limp, this is this is a Dick Tracy villain characteristic that he limps, and it's kind of like uh, what what comes to mind is um, Javier Bardem. In No Country for Old Men. Sure, oh, sure. Because yeah. he had that limp. And he had that, like, it was it was kind of uh, menacing, yeah. that limp. And now that you say that, that's what comes to mind. 
fucking asshole. Now I want to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you know how much I hate that movie. That's, oh, that's what yes. came to mind when you guys said that. It's like, oh no, shit, very, you're that's right. A very good. It's, it's very menacing, and it's very it's it's where most people would see it as like a, a handicap. It's it's a very menacing trait for somebody in Jimmy's position. Yes. Like he is that limp makes him menacing and a, a threat. Whenever you see that. And the only thing that reminded me to bring it up is the way he jumps out of that vehicle is like, whoa. Like, he you, know, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you also, he comes out and he's also like handicapped, you know, in a way. Right. Uh, that's yeah. just, made, when you said it, uh, it just made me remind me of that and, and, and all that. I agree. Yeah. But yeah, he, he runs out with his limp and like, like comes out strong and. Well, he's like I say, he's got his gun out, which is weird, but that's who he is. I yeah, mean, that's, sure. that's who Jimmy is. So, Jimmy and or, sorry, not Jimmy. Uh, uh, John and John Nucky and uh, uh, Arnold uh, Rossi. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Nucky, basically Nucky, the three heads. The three, the, the, the three heads. They're yeah. meeting. Not a, an, an agreement. Ro, uh, uh, sorry, not Rossi. Gran Torino is essentially like he wants to make peace. He doesn't want to fight. He's willing to kill if he has to. I like. I I don't know how to describe in this show. I don't know how to describe Gran Torino because I don't want to call him like a snake. Or I don't want to call him like a viper or something like that. Because no, he's trying to he's trying to he'll keep kill if he has to. Right. But he doesn't want to kill. He's trying to keep his great situation for himself. Right. No money is worse than money. Right. And he knows we can go to war, but if we go to war, it's going to be we're going to lose money. Right. We're going to lose people. I may die. You may die. Who knows who's going to die? Right. I mean, that's why he set up. Yeah, that's why he set this whole meeting up is because he does not want to lose his position and what's happening. So... Like, all three of them are extremely intelligent men when it comes to this. Right. And so, Nucky finally, like, listens to what has to be said, and we've learned that Nucky, not John, but Nucky is the connection in Chicago. Right? Nucky's the one that knows the Attorney General. Nucky's the one that can help out Rothstein. And at the cool, cool price of one million nineteen. Yeah, we said that before. Well, you said in real life it was what five hundred thousand. No, that was the three hundred and fifty thousand he made. Three fifty. I didn't. I, on all honesty, I didn't do a calculation of what a million dollars then is. What a million well, dollars I'm now? Well, I'm so glad you asked me, Colton, because <laughs> <laughs> we got the bootlegging. <laughs> Hey, Victor, do you happen to know how much $1 million <laughs> translates so, to? So, <laughs> um, this is $10 million in today's God, dollars. Damn! And, and I have to tell you, this is <coughs> that information is about eight years old because this, this aired in 2010. So, it could be higher. How much higher? I don't know. Shit. But in 2010, when the episode aired, this was $10 million. God. Which is crazy. Like I said, that's a whole like, lot of millions. Yeah. And like I said, interest calculators aren't the best when it comes past like yeah, the yeah, yeah. Forties. Take that with a grain of salt. But we'll say for a fact it was over a million dollars. Yeah, 
At least over a million. Because, I mean, let's be fair. It's a million dollars no matter what. I don't have a million dollars. Yeah, Christopher, right. do you have a million dollars? No, you I don't. Mean... I, no, you don't. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Victor, I, is I have a, at least a million. million dollars right now? Yes, keep going. Okay. <laughs> That's no. how he got the ring. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting paid for this podcast, right? Because brother needs money. Yeah, about just, that. Just, yeah, no, your your checks in the mail. <laughs> your checks in the mail. Don't worry about it. Right, I'll send you right. a pa- I'll send you a six pack of Bud Ice in the mail. <laughs> nice. That's at least worth a million, right? <laughs> so we find out that for a million dollars, Nucky's willing to make it happen. And Nucky takes this. This is where we see political Nucky. Nucky sees this as the perfect opportunity because he's like, I want not, it's not just a million dollars now. It's a million dollars and the location of the Delazio brothers. Yeah. Yep. And that's huge because as soon, Nucky doesn't even get I think it's, inside it, it's his car and he's telling Delacimo. Eddie, I want every newspaper in the area. I want every reporter. I want all of this, right? Because this is. This is it. This is the big deal. This is what's going to get him to win the election. And yeah. from there, we go into our montage of um, of death. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, Colton, if I could, I cut you off for a second, only because yeah, yes. There's a scene where when Nucky agrees to the deal or he brings it up, Jimmy goes, "What?" Or he says something to that yes. effect where he oh, cuts in. Right. And Nucky's like, excuse me? Like, there's adults yeah. talking here. Um, yeah. I think yes, that yes. plays a huge factor in our, uh, uh, let's just call it, Nucky and Jimmy scene at the towards the end of the episode. Yeah, um, absolutely. Very, uh, yeah. I completely forgot about you that. You know, Very, that's it, yes, it, it's yes. almost like me interrupting your podcast. It's like, excuse me. There, there, there's, there's bootleggers talking here. Like, what are you doing? The way he just <laughs> snaps... You know, and it kind of, it, it's like it's like it's like a a a, a dad. You're my hero, Victor. Victor, you're my hero. You're my hero. <laughs> <laughs> like a dad reprimanding his little kid. You know, um, I just wanted to bring that up because I think that's a like huge. Once we talk about, stuff I completely, later. I honestly completely forgot about that. No, the, the very good observation on that because yeah. that definitely. That that's a ve- that's a very big play later on. No, a hundred percent. Yeah. And so uh, after that, we find that, we find out that uh, they give out the names of the the brothers. Now, did either one of y'all? I I wanted to ask this because of the fact that Richard mentioned it last episode. So one, I, I, I've got two things now. Uh, I'm trying to. Th- oh my god, my words are going to get tied on this. <clears throat> the first people we see killed are the, one of the Delazio brothers and the 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 child, the kid, right. right? Sure. And it's and it's Richard killing it. And Richard is he's a machine. That's all he is. He's there to kill, and that's it. Now, uh, Victor, I sent you a photo of who Lucky looks like. And you mm-hmm. got that photo, right? Mm-hmm. So, Chris, I'm showing you this live on air. 
I want you to see this photo. This is the real life Lucky. Okay? Who does he look like? Yeah, he looks more like one of the Delcima brothers. The one that's killed, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Like, they could literally be brothers. Yeah. How weird is that? It's crazy. That when you sent me that, I was like, think? whoa. Like, that literally, like, that looks like, like, when I first saw that, I was like, oh, shit. I he was looks like, like the one that I said that was not in the other episode. The the non-red Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what he looks like. So, we, that's the one that gets killed by Richard. Yeah. And then we find out, it, or not find out. Then, you think that was uh, on purpose? And the same thing. I don't know if it is on purpose or not. I Maybe I not. Know. I mean, they've 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 taken liberty. I mean, they had to have known what Lucky Luciano looked like. <laughs> and honestly, like, and uh, now that you say that, I mean, I I have a lot of respect for the casting director, whoever it was. I don't know who the casting was, but the the person they casted for Lucky looks very similar to the real life historical person for Hardeen. Like that looks just like the person I would think. Yeah, and and you say that, but Nucky looks nothing like Nucky. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I've never seen Nucky Johnson. I'll I'll uh, I'll show you a photo of him in it here in a minute, and then I'll I'll go and tell you this right now. Uh, Rothstein looks disgusting. <laughs> I felt like Rothstein was like I I felt like the pictures I saw of Rothstein in real life was pretty similar to who they nah. casted. The real life at that time period, that Ross scene, no. Oh, really? Not at all. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, maybe a younger Ross scene, but uh, at, th- at that time period, that Ross scene, not at all. Damn. No. Yeah. Just I randomly, do. I had... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no go, go ahead. ahead. Just randomly, I was just like, as we're talking, I'm just kind of... Looking at stuff I just never looked at, so I have the, the 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 Nucky Thompson character up on Wikipedia, and again, this is Wikipedia for take it for what it is. But the showrunner Terrence Winters says, uh, if we were going to cast n- accurately what the real Nucky looked like, we would have casted James Gandolfini. Yeah, no shit. So we, you know, I'm, it, I'm oh showing God. I'm showing Chris right now. I am showing Chris a real life photo of no Nucky. way. <laughs> that is totally like, James who's Gandolfini. the opposite <laughs> who's the opposite of James Gandolfini a big brooding you know just like we can honestly, this is probably this the first time in history literally say Steve, Steve Buscemi is better looking than the real life version <laughs> <laughs> wow so from there we Restrained. see uh, so we're going to get back on topic with Richard is showing who he is. He kills one of the Delazio brothers. Well, two of the Delazio brothers, but he kills one of the adults and one of the kids. Right? I mean, he kind of mentioned he who he was in the last episode, saying that like, if, if it was me, I'd kill the mother and the brothers. Like, like he, we saw he was ruthless. He doesn't care. Yeah, he does not care. We saw that in the last episode, but now he follows through. And he just starts murdering bitches. <laughs> like, we kills two of them right then and there. Yeah. And then we see Capone finally, like. And yeah. And we yeah. actually see, I'll say this about Capone. 
Capone's kind of manning up. He's yeah. killing somebody. Because from the first episode, we're like, did Capone really kill anybody? Is he really willing to kill, right. kill people? He freaked out right. in the first episode. But Whereas now, in this one, he fucking shoots a guy in the forehead yeah. and takes an apple. And takes an apple. <laughs> and walks away. Like it was nothing. Yeah. One of the greatest, and, one of the greatest three-second scenes. It just really was. Him flipping yeah. up that apple is just like... Like, like it's nothing. Like, the same way he got the trash. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's what it was to him. Like, right, oh, right. Hey, I killed this guy. He had some groceries. Oh, cool. I, I was kind of hungry. I wanted an apple. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we see... Uh, <laughs> And then we see uh, Jimmy going in and slitting the throat of the other Delazio, and it's this is where I'm like, this is Scorsese to the max. Yeah, because the guy is getting his hair cut. You know, he's like, oh, I'm getting a shave and all that. It's the colors and everything. You got the white foam on his face. He cuts his throat. It's like. It's almost fake looking like it's like cherry juice, yeah. you know, where it's like yeah. the guy's not really dead. But then you're like, oh, shit, like this is probably what it would really look like. And honestly, like uh, the biggest point of that entire scene that got me was that Jimmy didn't like even like I, I felt like he should have f- like flipped the guy a coin something like yeah. sorry about the mess. No, he didn't do that. At all. He just slipped the dude's throat and left. Put his knife back That's in his it. sheath and walked the yeah, fuck out of exactly. there. Yeah, exactly. He didn't try to help pay for the mess. Nothing. No. Just <laughs> took care of this guy. I'm out. Thanks. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. And so during this whole time, it's the montage of Nucky talking about what's happened and Nucky using politics to his favor. I mean, that's all it is, because during this whole entire time, Nucky's talking about politics and how the Delazio brothers, you know, they've they are the reason that there's violence in Atlantic City, you know, and he does a little shout out to his brother, Enoch, uh, uh, Eli, Eli, Eli. which was kind of strange that he did that shout out when you watch this from the beginning, you're like, Wait, why would he do well, that? Well, yeah, at first, because from the last episode, he was completely condemning Eli for his actions. Like he, And now you're kind of getting a sense that he was doing it for politics. Yes. Like he was doing it for uh, optics. That's what they call it. I don't want to give up too much, but it was completely optics. Yeah. He, and he tells Eli that. And he's like, don't worry. I got this. Yes. Don't worry. And um, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll leave it at that for now because there's more to come. Yeah. So from there we go and we see that um, Eli's basically like, no, you fucked me over. Yeah. Like it's it's blood is not thicker than water. It's that water's thicker than blood at this point. It's how Eli's looking at it. And Nucky is kind of like, you know, he's joking about it. Like, like baby brother, you don't understand. Eli's taking everything extremely personal. Nucky's pretty much telling him like it's gonna it it's gonna be okay. Don't worry about it. We're gonna talk about it later. Right. Because he, I I feel like Nucky doesn't want to tell Eli a hundred percent of everything, which isn't necessarily good either. Because it's like you could tell him like, hey, 
you're going to not be sheriff, but I'm going to appoint you sheriff two minutes later. But Nucky doesn't want to do that, which is more of a trust issue. Why? It's more of a trust issue. I feel like Nucky doesn't trust Eli to understand the inner workings of the Treasury Department, I guess. I don't know. He um, Nucky doesn't uh, think that Eli can understand what he is trying to manipulate, which, you know, I that's fine. But I don't know. Give your give your brother some fucking credit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I agree. Like Eli has been protecting you so far. Like he's taking a bullet to the gut. He literally took a bullet for you. Like give him some credit, man. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, but that's kind of where he's like, you have to have faith in me. Right. Let what me say, you, I, I, I felt like this conversation was almost, you know, Nucky and Margaret had that conversation where it was, like I said, quote unquote, Nucky taking off his mask, being real with Margaret. I feel right. like that conversation ended with that piece that we said, uh, um, you know, how much sin we could live with. And I think here as he's talking with his brother Eli, is like the sin that he has to live with. You know, he has to send his brother down the river just to get ahead, just so he can all, everything kind of like moves forward. You know, like I said, I I, I think it's like no coincidence, like the same scene where she's like, you know, we all have to live with, how much sin can we live with? I think it's the same thing like Eli tells Nucky, like there is consequences to your actions. You know, so... Yeah, right. you can go to you could go to bed at night knowing you uh you ordered the the kills of all this, but like these things do have consequences. Um, right, you know. So I it's just sort of like he says, right? That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, and I just think like Nucky's. I don't. I feel like at this point in the show, we don't have enough context to say this. So I, I may be like bringing other stuff in, but Nucky's so cold hearted. To the point where Eli can't stoop that low. Like, Eli would probably never send Nucky up the river until this conversation happens. And then you see what happens at the end of this episode. And it's like, oh, actually, Eli can, you know? Right. Um, Yes, 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 yes. So, like, there's... I, I just feel like this is like if Margaret would have walked out in that scene and Eli stepped in, like this is the second part to that convo, you know? Okay. That's how I, that's a, I've always seen this scene. I like that. No, that's a good observation on that. Oh, and then we, and then when we get to the Jimmy scene, my goodness. Right. We're about to get into that. So he's wasted. He He's not in control of himself or whatever. And... I think even one of the guys even makes a comment like, oh, if you've, had, you've had a court or something like that. Nucky talks with Jimmy and pretty much tells him like, you know, like, hey, you're, you're doing good. Everything's going great. But then Jimmy is just kind of like, hey, you're my hero. But he even says it like real sarcastic, like you're my hero. You know, like um, I looked up to you and stuff like that, but. The the only way I mean, that that actor Michael Pitt could talk, right? Like you're my hero. No, yeah, I don't think no anyone way. else could say it that way. You know, it's so sarcastic, and it, it it it's it's the 
best way to say fuck you without saying fuck you. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. That's the you know. And, and uh, so like I'm, fr- I'm friends mean, with a lot of. This is all uh, like uh, let me let me just preface all of this conversation with okay. conversation conversation, conversation. with. <laughs> this is during the uh, the pre-election results. Dinner, yes. Sure. Like they're they're all waiting for the the for the results from the election right now. Yes. And Jimmy is like freaking out still. I mean, I, I feel like every party in the episode so far is freaking out right now because there's so much at stake for everyone. Yep. Okay. And so every party, Nucky, Jimmy, the mayor, like everyone. There is this is the tense moment in the episode. And here is where we have this this scene between and we've talked about it before. This is like a father son scene, yes. even though now we know that that's not the relationship between Nucky and James. But sure. they still have this episode where, like you guys just said, like you are my hero I I look up to you, but you did this to me, to my mother. You created my life. Yeah. And <laughs> no, I agree a hundred percent. It's a very pivotal role. I feel like it's it's just very um, uh, for all of the uh, situations that are happening. It's very heavy. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. No, super, I would, yes, super heavy. This is like the climax of the episode, to your point. Yeah, like, exactly. this is, we're, 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 we're at the, we're at the peak. Like, we go downhill, and not in a bad way, but like, we kind of get like released from here on out. Exactly. Yes. Uh, so, from there we go, and we see that, um, well, it's this really small scene, but, um, the kids, Margaret and uh, uh, Warren's baby mama, they're eating the cake and uh, the uh, barn back. And we see that Margaret has gotten uh, the cloth and the baby mama has got Warren's Harding's baby mama has gotten the ring. So, uh, and then Margaret even says, like, well, this is a silly superstition. But you can tell that even though it's a silly superstition, Margaret is like, oh, shit. Like, she's kind of, like, I don't know if she is intentionally taking it serious or if it's just that because of everything that they've been through, she's kind of taking it serious. I don't know. I I, I took it more that she was completely terrified of being destitute again. Because the word she uses is destitute. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's known that. She's known that in her life. She was already poor. And then she got a taste of the good life, and now she's gotten the taste of, like, maybe you won't be so good after this. So she is terrified of going back to that life. Yeah. And, and I think, like you guys said, like in a prior episode when she looks in the mirror, I think she's looking what her life would become and sees how lost in space woman we shall not name is. And it's just sort of like... <laughs> I don't ever want to be that. I don't ever want to be that naive, yeah. you know. Okay. And so and and we've said it before, I feel like that is her breaking point. Like she does not want to see her kids live that Absolutely. life. Absolutely. She doesn't yep. want to yes. see herself live that life. So 
Well, we see this at the very end of this episode. I right. Like. She's yeah. going to do what she has to do. It's a, that's a, that, I mean, that's all it is. It's a, it, yep. it's not a very big scene. It's just the sign from God for him. So we see that um, he's he's had a meeting and it's <laughs> I don't know how to he's gotten he's gotten uh, Lucy knocked up. I mean, that's oh, yeah. That's it, right? That if if that's a sign, what what else, what other sign is there, right? I mean, can we agree on that? Like, well, yeah, he prayed to God to give him a sign that he should stay in in Atlantic City, and, and she says it's so so funny too. Like, oh, by the way, you got me pregnant. <laughs> no, not even that. Like, by the way. <laughs> Like you put a baby in me or some shit like that. Like what the fuck mm-hmm. did you say? So watching this episode, watching this episode from where I am now, and wa- like I said, I've watched the show all the way through this at least one or two times. This is, I think, this is my third time. Victor, how do you view that? Like when she comes in, she's like, "Oh, by the, uh, by the way, I'm pregnant." It's you know the reason why that entire scene is uh, uh, Agent Michael Shannon. It's funny, like all his scenes are unintentionally funny. He has that sort of yeah. dark, unintentional humor. You yeah. know, it, so, something like we, the reason why we don't talk about it because it's so funny. It happens so quick. He makes it like he's busy because I think he's expecting either Margaret or Angela, and in walks like yeah. almost his like worst nightmare. You know, you ever, you ever, when in in your early twenties, uh, um, for lack of a better term, you ever make a mistake, and imagine that mistake showing up to your house <laughs> or your your place of Very work. True. You know, uh, um. I forget exactly. I'm with you. I forget what. I think she just says it very matter of factly. She's like, "Yeah, oh, are do you, do you work for the post office? Oh, okay. By the way, I'm pregnant. By the way, like it. By the way, you got me all pregnant. <laughs> and, and and imagine the way Agent Michael Shannon, his whole world operates, everything by the book, and you know, he, it's not sex, it's coitus, and all of a sudden, you. You got someone not pregnant that who's not your book, wife. But that, yeah, that he's been having this trouble with his wife. Trying sure, to make yeah. A baby. That's like, even it, worse. It, yep, it yep. amplifies the situation. Right. Like, Absolutely. It's that much worse. 100%. <laughs> no, I agree 100%. That's why I was like, this is obviously going to be a very big factor next season. It's a right. horrible horrible revelation like me not having seen the rest of the series i was like damn that really throws a wrench <laughs> did you see this by episode one did you see michael shannon knocking up Lucy? no <laughs> that really I would throws even, a wrench in i would situation. even go as far I would even go as far as to say is they will never meet. There's no reason why the two of them will ever exactly. cross paths. Well, like, and and that's yeah. how we talked. Uh-huh. We talked about it in the last episode. Like, it was very strange seeing them. Meet. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, you know, sure. Like, it was a very strange. Like, I don't know how to put. It. I don't think it's lazy writing or anything like that. It was just, oh shit, they're meeting. Yeah, that and not it, only the meeting, crazy. like, oh this this is a big character now. Like, yeah. So yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. This is opening up the season two in a very good way. Which I, I, yeah. I, I can't I can't exactly say I'm a fan of. Like 
fucking Lucy is. I I fucking hate Lucy's character. <laughs> well, get ready because she's around. <laughs> Damn it, <laughs> Daddy, like he's gonna be here, Daddy. Should, do not, do not. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure we went over this. Do not call me Daddy. That's not okay. <laughs> Alright, so from there we go and we see that um Jim's meeting with um his father, the uh Commodore The Commodore. We we talked about last season is a real person. Last okay. episode. Yeah. Last episode, not last season, sorry, last episode. And Jim's meeting with him and it's we find out this is the first time they've ever had a drink together. And it's Jim drinking bourbon and his dad drinking milk, milk. and yeah. bourbon. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's gonna that's gonna coagulate and be disgusting. <laughs> it's so gross. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, when I watched him like pouring it in, yeah, I was like, gross. "Bro, you're that's an gross. alcoholic. Like this is." Bad. <laughs> Give us some more, boy. Uh, like, oh uh, no. And so they're finally having a milk uh, a milk. <laughs> I put it a milk notes, drink. A, a, a milk, milk steak. <laughs> And um, we find out that the Commodore is very cold about his past. He holds everything personal, right? I mean, we can agree on that. Like, there's things that happened. Like, I get it. You went to jail. I get it. There was this going on. You want to blame Nucky. But you live this lifestyle. You can't take it personal, right? Or am I the only one that thinks that? At, at this point, I I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Because I mean, I, he, he mentioned last uh, season, uh, last season, last episode that um, it, the wrong person is running this town, which I thought he was just trying to nudge his son in the right direction because he didn't want to give up. But okay. now it's kind of like. Is Nucky really the right person to be running things? Like, is Jimmy? Is Jimmy? I don't yeah, know. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's it leaves a lot of open ended questions. I think to answer your question of like you know this is this is business this is politics I I will just like I don't even know if I have an answer except I have an answer like with a retort in terms of look at. Eli and Jimmy dealing with Nucky for this short amount of time. Now picture how old the Commodore is and like, you know, maybe it's not just business. Maybe it is a little bit more personal than than right. than it's like led on, you know. Um yeah. like it's no it's no surprise at the end of the episode we see the three of them conspiring like, you know, you 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 get kicked down, you you get kicked while you're down enough like eventually you're going to bite back for lack of a cliche you know what i mean right but that even brings into mind like jillian and how does she play into this because wait is it jillian jillian jillian's yeah uh, yeah Yeah, thank you okay so like it brings her into question because i mean like you said it's their history and how the Commodore comes into effect with all of the storyline. I, I don't know. There's a lot. I feel like that though, the last 
five minutes or so of this episode, it opens up a lot to what will happen next season. There, this this season does not end on a good note, and I and I say that as it ends on a good note, but it's. It, I mean, it does not close ties. Not with the Commodore, anyway. At all, no, at yeah. all. And I think that it's intentional. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You don't know, is Eli alive next season? Is James alive next season? Is the Commodore alive next season? We don't know, right? Is Nucky alive next season? Are they going to go after Nucky? Are they going to go after Jillian? Are they going to go be Jillian? Is she going to hire the rat exterminators to wipe out the con? We don't, know. <laughs> you know, because there's, it leaves a lot open. And that's what I love about this show is it closes out a lot. Like we know the Delazio brothers are no longer a threat, right? We can all agree on that. hundred percent, right? They're dead. Spoiler alert, dude. Well, I fucked up. Damn it. <laughs> <clears throat> but they're they're dead. Now, next season, obviously, there has to be a quote-unquote bad guy. It's a show. We're, we can agree on that, right? It's not a spoiler. There has to be a bad guy. And who is that bad guy? Agent Michael Shannon. So that's, a, that's a very good possibility. We don't know yet. Because the Delazio brothers didn't come in until, what, episode five of this one? Yeah, just about. So, yeah. So we don't know yet what is about to happen. And that's what I love about this show is that we know that the Commodore is planning something. We know that Eli is done. And we know that James is having questions. So next season opens for a lot of opportunity for questions for... Uh, Power struggles. It opens a lot, and that's what that's that's what I love about. Oh God, that's what I love about season. Like I said, season two is my favorite season, so I cannot wait for it. I don't know, and that's pretty much how the episode ends. Like I said, um, we we see that they're talking. There, it's kind of another little montage, and we see that. Um, Enoch and James are talking with the Commodore, and then we finally see that uh, uh, Margaret comes in and she talks with Nucky, and because she doesn't want to be destitute, right? Yeah, like that's her thing. She's fighting the the, the I don't want to be dead. She believes in the quote unquote. It's a silly superstition, but she believes in it. So she's wanting to fight the destitute, and so she goes to the supper club when they're having the announcement, and um. She finds Nucky. They have a little talk. Now, where I wanted to get into a little bit of history, and I wanted to get into like some fun on this. So, Warren Harding won the presidency, right? Right. He did give the actual speech, which is, you know, the speech for the, uh, what the episode is named after, uh, Return to a Thing of Normalcy. I thought, because when this episode aired, this was not an existence thing. Return to normalcy, and I'm not getting political in this. I'm not picking political sides. That is so much make America great again. Oh, yeah. Can we agree on that? Sure. I mean, great again. Great again 
return normal normalcy. Yeah, yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah, I was when I was watching this, I was like, oh shit, Harding and Trump are at least sharing at, at the bare minimum with the current the current president's Donald Trump. We can agree, at least agree their slogans are identical. Yeah, right. I, I'm not getting it. I don't want to get into politics. I don't want to get into who's right, who's not, and all of that. But it was a very interesting thing to see that, like, wait, Trump's candidacy is not that original. Right. It's been done before. And I thought that was that was something just kind of fun, like, oh, shit, didn't realize that. It's even four words, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, it's so funny. Oh, shit, I didn't even put that together. <laughs> no, listen, I, I didn't even connect the two until you started saying it. And I'm like, yeah, it's the same, you know, uh, bring back America again. It's the same, you know, like, like that's, that's, it's the same. You're, you're a thousand percent right. I, I didn't connect it either, but yeah, it is. It is. It's a, it's a very similar thing. And I was like, I mean, to be fair. If, if if we find out that Donald Trump has a child with a person in Atlantic City that owes somebody in New York money on a White Sox be- beating the Astros for the World Series, <laughs> I will love it. Okay, so, <laughs> I'm just saying. Jeez, but it was. I feel like that's not but, far hey, off. But that, that's the thing. What I'm saying. That's what really happened. Like it's so much connection and yeah, it's it's crazy, right? So, uh, I don't have a lot about the actual end of it, other than like that was what I noticed. My big thing was, you know, Nucky's listening. They're listening to his speech, which his speech is good. Warren Harding. Okay, we'll go and we'll go and say it right now, I, or I will. We not we. I will. Warren Harding was a shitty president. All right, he was a very bad president. His acceptance speech, though, is considered one of the top acceptance speeches of all time. Right. Okay, it's a very highly ranked speech. He had the opportunity to be a great president. He ended up being a shitty-ass president because he had so (laughs) many connections when it came to government and, like, mafia and things like that. Right. So, uh... He, we end with that, and we end with Nucky and Margaret. They're walking out to the Well, boardwalk. and that, that's what I was going to bring up, is that uh, Margaret does show up after their argument that they had right. previously. She shows up and to support Nucky, and it, it kind of reaffirms our idea that she, she doesn't really have that filter that we thought she had. Right. Like she is okay with being quote evil if she the has sin to. Or sin or what she, yeah, yeah. she she is okay with sinning as long as it benefits her and her family. Like she's she's willing to do whatever she has to do to come out on top. Okay. And so she shows up in her gold dress. Ready to, <laughs> and that, that was the is big that thing for is me. that like, the dress? She was literally gilded in this party. She was in I her didn't gold even dress. Pick that up. Oh shit! Oh yeah, she was literally golden and is ready that, to be. Is that the dress? Her dress the, the, is, is literally gold. <laughs> no, no. What I'm saying is, is that the four thousand dollar dress? 
Oh, yeah. Exa- no, no, it's not. It's not. Oh, I, I remember that dress. Episode. She wore that last episode. Gotcha. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I remember that dress, but no. She, no this this is one. Like the $8, this one's like the. Yeah, I was going to say, this is, this is like the $10,000 dress. She is literally <laughs> gold when she shows That's up funny. for this party. Um, huh. And yeah, she's she's accepting that she has to be whatever she has to be. She is She's willing to be what nucky wants her to be in order to avoid destitute sure like she she got a taste That's she interesting she got the rag in her cake and she was like terrified of being destitute so she shows up to this party in her golden dress and you know interesting yeah i like that she's like, playing I into didn't it even put all that together and uh she's she's and like we said before like what's her breaking point Apparently, she doesn't really have one. I don't think she does. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps going. She keeps She's willing going. to live with her sin. I yeah. mean, that's what it is. She's willing to live with her sin. Exactly. And I think it kind of shows when they go out and the last scene is it's starting to become light. It's like, what, four or five o'clock in the morning? So I, I, I don't know. The they time. are literally it, partying. They're, yeah. they're partying all night, right? It yeah. doesn't matter all the time. fucking night. They're, they're partying all night. It's like four or five, six o'clock. Who knows what time in the morning? Sun's literally coming up, and they're looking out. And the, if we, you look at both of Nucky and Margaret in their face, they're both like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, they're like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> So and, and can we can we talk about you know I said before it's such a great way that they've portrayed Steve Buscemi he's totally believable I'm sorry but if you go back and watch that scene when they walk outside Steve Buscemi is he for 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 that three seconds he goes he reverts back to any role he's played in an Adam Sandler movie just the way he <laughs> looks and he's like you could hear it his voice going oh wow look at this his his yeah. face when he sees it he just reverts back to you know he's always going to be Steve Buscemi you know but there's that few seconds I'll tell you if you just go back and look at it his you could hear that that little Nicky uh, uh, whatever role he plays in Big Daddy I just see it in his face it's just too funny for me. <laughs> I just need to bring that up. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, uh, no, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. So that, I mean, do either one of y'all have anything else to add on this, the, the season finale? No, I mean, they, he won the election, uh, both elections, right. his own and the mayor's like, and like we said earlier, the return to normalcy. He he got what he wanted. Uh-huh. They're they're back to where he Started, was. It's we went from point A to point B to point C D E F G. Back we're back to at a. point A. Yeah, except a little bit to an advantage with yes. Margaret and with well, I want to say with Eli in Nucky's perspective. Nucky thinks he has the upper hand, but uh, I feel like there's maybe some some backwards, yeah, some some inner workings that Nucky doesn't know about that yes are about to uh, come back and bite bite in the ass. I think Hopefully. season two is going to have a lot of a lot of surprise for Nucky. Yeah, and I can't wait. I cannot wait for it. <laughs> 
Season two is going to be phenomenal. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Season two is phenomenal. <laughs> I was going to say, you guys already spoiled that for me. So, uh, uh, Vicky, when, did you have when, anything else? When RoboCop comes in that second episode, oh my God. Oh, no, God. no, no. Let me, let me, let me, <laughs> let me, let me. There's there's a few things that that probably just because we've been uh, at this for a while, there's probably a few things we skipped over. Um, one, you know, despite the deal they made, Lansky and Luciano, you know, they kill. You see them there. They are now getting into the liquor business. Happens yes. really quick. Um, you oh, know, because yes, that deal, yes. that deal was all all the beef they had is off the table, and that's fine. Nothing was said about bootlegging <laughs> you know so it's kind of it's kind of funny how it's a it's a quick you know few second scene uh return to normalcy you see angela at the table waiting for jimmy and it's like yep like no matter whatever they spoke about no matter how much they were going to change they're still the same <laughs> you know yes, she's sitting right. there with her hair short and it's like yep look at her still waiting for jimmy jimmy's you know a gangster through and through like it's just never going to work out right the one, the one, and I remember watching this live, and just the way you're talking about season two, it's the scene, it's about like eight seconds, it's Jim, and he's walking along the beach, and Jimmy's just smoking a cigarette, and then they, they, they pull the camera out, and it's Jimmy just standing, and the ocean is huge, and there's like a blue filter on it. Like, I bring yes. all that up because, like, that is the opening that's the that's the theme song. That's the intro. Nucky at the beach, and it's like, yes. well, who's gonna run this town now? And that's why, like, season two is like, without saying much, but like, you could kind of tell where it's going. Jimmy with that whole beach there is such a telling scene of like where season two goes. Yes, and it's like it, it like if you like put them next to each other, like Jimmy at the beach and then Nucky at the beach in that intro. It's such. It, it's. I just remember watching it, being like, "Whoa! Like, what? 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 What's happening to season two? You know?" Um, well, and, and then and Jimmy on the beach. That is another scene, and I I have that in my notes. That is such a Scorsese scene. Definitely, like definitely. Like that is such a Scorsese scene. Him out there. It's I'm starting fresh. It's all about me. Like that is. It's so good. So good. by yeah. by the end of episode one of season two, you can reference this scene and you'll be like, "Yep, like like they they planned they plotted season two just perfectly with this finale episode." Yes. And one more thing with a return to normalcy, we see uh, Harding's side piece. Like she's not going to get called for, and that's her yeah. normalcy. Like there she is, back to her life of being destitute. <laughs> you know, we yeah. don't know, but like. Yeah. Like, she doesn't know that. She thinks that she's right. the first the first But we know, but we know like as she's yeah. looking at that ring and she's sitting there and uh, it's an awesome song <laughs> as they're going through, you know, life is a funny proposition after all. You know, it's kind of it's it's so funny how they say like I'm I don't want to get too deep, but it's like, you know, we're born, we live and then we die. Right. <laughs> like what are we doing, you know? Um I I I I that that is one of the greatest montages in this show is just this ending. You know, it, it there's finality, and there's they also open a huge can of worms. You know, oh, a hundred percent. Like that's perfect, my, uh, like, like I said, it's it. They don't close it out. 
Because there's so much now for season two, and that's what I love. Sure. Yeah. I'm excited. So excited. <laughs> all right. So that's it. And uh, we want to thank you all so much for listening in. This is our oh, first season. We're qu- Chris, we're <sighs> almost a quarter of the way done. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there were <laughs> almost. How many seasons? Five. Five. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be taking a little bit of a break. Um, there's a lot going on in my life, Chris's life right now. Uh, so we're going to be taking about a month off. Uh, me and my wife, uh, we're going back to um, her home country of South Korea. And uh, we're going to be visiting family over there. Um, and I can't do a podcast in South Korea. <laughs> so I'm and- not going to mess <laughs> Even though their Wi-Fi is apparently phenomenal, and, <laughs> yeah, but I'm not gonna mess with it over there. And my kids are thirteen-hour time difference. Yeah, <laughs> and my kids are apparently vomiting constantly. So right, <laughs> we've had a lot going on, so we're gonna be taking about a month off. So uh, we're we going will have to take a, a break. A special episode. Me and Chris have been talking about it. Oh yeah, um, we're really excited about this. We're gonna be doing a special episode uh, between. Season one now in season two, we will have one episode come out. Uh, we've been toying with an idea of having a live studio audience in in his house. So we'll see how that works with Bob Saget. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll be uh, we'll be reviewing and doing an, a uh, a podcast on the uh, the movie the the film Heat and nice. one of my. Personal favorite movies. I love Heat. Heat is is so good, and good it actors. ties so well with this show. <laughs> with how you, if you want to live and be a gangster, you you have to live by the rules of Heat. So <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot wait for that. Uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Great movie. Fan. Oh, fantastic movie, right? So yep, yep. Uh, we'll be uh, we'll be doing that hopefully in about two to three weeks. Yeah, and then uh, right after that we'll be getting right back into season two. Um, so follow us on Facebook. We're on uh, Bootlegging a Boardwalk Empire podcast, and we are also on Instagram at Bootlegging dot podcast, uh, on Twitter at Bootleg dot podcast, and. We were so happy to have Victor from the Digging Six Feet Under. Victor, thank you, bro. I, I, sorry, not Digging. I am so sorry. I'm still stuck on Digging Six Feet Under. I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> Six Feet Under is still my favorite show of all time. So, uh, this dude, yeah. On, uh, yeah, I know. Como can attest to that. I'm obsessed with Six Feet Under. Uh, but on the Digging Dexter uh, podcast, and Victor, uh, let us know about your podcast. Yes, Dig and Dexter. Uh, we are heading into the the second half of season two. Uh, we're doing sort of the same thing like you guys are. I've, I'm a veteran of this show, Dexter, whereas my fiance Marissa uh, hasn't seen the show, so uh, we get to like sort of play around with what what this sh- what happens in the show, what doesn't happen. Um, we are simply on on any podcast platform under Digging Dexter. Um, our website is really long, but if you just follow us on any social media, we're at Digging Podcast. Um, you could find us there and hop along. And pretty soon, we'll have Colton on a few episodes. He's on a he's on a, a few episodes of season five of our Digging Six Feet Under podcast. Um, so yeah, check us out if you have a weird fascination with Michael C. Hall. 
Brandon Fact, did you know that Michael C. Hall was in Digging Six Feet Under? <laughs> did you know fucking Michael C. Hall was in Six Feet Under? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Dude. <laughs> I, I've said it before. You have the fucking box set. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so thank you all so much for listening in. And uh, Victor, thank you again for chiming in. It's only been a five-hour podcast with all of our little bitty hiccups. <laughs> yeah, thank so, you for, for so joining. So if you all have made it through this much of our podcast, sorry for all the editing. <laughs> And until then, uh, we'll do a little bit of I have a couple libations and we'll do a little chin wagging till we get to heat. So thank you all so much. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Bye.